Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon, after another eventful week in the world of rugby union. Uh, I'm Tim, with JB opposite me. Hello Tim. Just I'm caress- I- caressing his own nude feet. Yes I am. Ooh. Um, can I just say how nice it is to have you back? Oh, and in full voice. Thank you very much for having my back last week. Uh, Phil, how are you? Hello, Tim. Very good, thank you. You, you do. You sound excellent, good. especially compared to last week. Good, good, good. Is your voice routine the same as the late Pavarotti's? What was Pavarotti's? Oh, he had all sorts, didn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. like lemon tea every morning, and you know, well, all... there are these little lozenges which I know singers have called vocal zone. Oh, is there? Yeah, I don't know what they do, but then then they talk about manuka honey being really good as well. But I just, as I think I mentioned last week, I I vaped using a Contigo cup. Ah. With a bit of hot water in it and just breathed in there. What a pro. Yeah. yeah. Anything well, to get back. Well, they just, because it said to drink lots of water um, and also inhale moist air. And I think it's the, the reason it's the same to keep your throat. Thank God you invested, invested in that steam room. Yeah, well, quite. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I just thought, God, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to be pissing all the time if I just drink. So I'd rather breathe in the air and, That's not, a, mm. and not go to the toilet every 10 minutes. Mm. So, yeah. Good. Yes. Uh, so we haven't talked about what we're going to do and how we're going to approach this but there is so much going on off the field and off the field I honestly don't know where we begin what what, well, what we can... route we take through this minefield of rugby yeah so well I mean we can talk about wasps we can talk about Worcester we can talk about pea shares we can talk about the strange press conference on Friday which no one was invited to except some people were invited to the changes in premiership rugby which seem to be you know afoot uh, or we can talk about the rugby on Friday Saturday and Sunday or did the under-14s play? <laughs> uh, not this weekend. Did they not? No. We're eagerly waiting, awaiting that, that update. We've had a brutal f- few weeks, some, some really good games against very good teams, and we've got two big weeks ahead. Uh, and uh, uh, we had the option of a game against Macclesfield, but we were struggling to get a team out, and we thought, you know what, let's, actually we could do with just getting a few technical bits done. So Bevan Rod and... Uh, Bevan, yeah, Bevan Rod was down at, at Broughton Park. And Tom, was he really? And Tom Curtis was down there today. Yeah. Good, Good lads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did did Bevan Rod do anything uh, with you guys? No, we didn't actually see him. He was off. There were so many people wanting his time. We we never got to. Well, he wasn't never, running running around with the lads. No, not this. Well, he was he was doing he was doing plenty of ambassadorial work for Sale Sharks with Tom Curtis and uh, Bevan Rod, and um, yeah, lots of photos were taken and lots of young people were inspired. Inspired, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So. Yes, it was you boys. Where do you want to start? 
Should we start with some good? Like we can weave in some of the bad with some of the good. Okay, which which are the good? I mean, it's hard to know which of the. <laughs> well, it, it is. Um, there were some good games this weekend. Well, why don't we probably start with the best game, which was Gloucester versus Bristol. Gloucester Bristol was outrageous. It was. I, I thought the best game was actually today's game. Why? It was. I, I'm surprised you said Gloucester Bristol because that's kind of the antithesis of what what you like. You, it, you were like a it was nine madness in the mud. Yeah, it, it was madness. Gloucester Bristol. It was crazy. Uh, there were a few things. Uh, well, yeah. Let's talk about Gloucester, Gloucester Bristol because I'm talking about it now. So you, it was madness. It wasn't. It's a high scoring game, but it wasn't high scoring in the way that you sort of expect it to be high scoring. And what I mean by that is they weren't scoring because of some great phase play rugby using systems or whatnot. They were sort of scoring through just moments of genius or not scoring through moments of genius or kicking the ball away or dropping it. Or through. I mean, the penalty count in this game was like, it's, it's minuscule. There's only seven penalties up until the middle of the second half. Which is very impressive. Yeah, both teams, from the, the stats I've got in front of me, these might be wrong, but both teams were fewer than 10 penalties. It was five and eight. Yeah. Which, 13 overall, That's that would be a kind of slightly above average for one team in a game. Do you know why I liked this game? It wasn't because of the scoring. It was because of the utter grit that you had to show to win it. Because by the last quarter, they were both so exhausted. And just the the work rate from Gloucester and the endeavour from Gloucester was awesome. That's what I liked. And I tell you the other thing which I liked. And I've got a lot of respect for this game. I did anyway. But I always thought, this guy might be too talented to be any good. Because when you're as talented as Lewis Rees Summit, why would you bother working hard? He worked bloody hard. Yeah, where do you stand on uh, on his punch? I mean, genius. It's fine, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it was. But was, it, was there any question that maybe he punched it dead, deliberately? No. No. I, no, I, no, no. That, that, so that, it's interesting you say that, because that never came across my mind. It was just a punch up to get the ball out, to, to dislodge the ball. The ball. Out, yeah. Yeah. Now, it is a risk, it's slightly risky because if you miss the ball and end up punching the man, well, that, that's an immediate penalty. Therefore, it's a penalty try. He's going to the sticks anyway, wasn't God, he? So? Well, yeah, but, and God forbid you punch him in the head or miss and, and catch him in the face or head neck area because that's a red card. Now, yeah. it was going from under, so it would take something to do it, but I, I think that was brilliant. Yeah, it a was. Brilliant bit of defending. Yeah, I just thought the whole game was, it was just entertaining. It was, it I was, was watching, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Because they're all so wild. Uh, Santi Cordero was... Cordero? Uh, Carreras. 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 Was absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Like, they really seem to the be... The two really... Carreras's. Uh, New- oh. Carrera. Newcastle's the Carrera. Carrera, yeah. Oh, Mateo. Oh, oh, my God. Another worldie. That try is even better than the one he scored. The other yeah. Week. That, that's... If that doesn't win try of the season, I don't know what will. That yeah. was Traffic. amazing. Outrageous. Best try ever. It might, it might, might be well the best be. training premiership history. Yes. Yeah. You know. Genuinely, I'm going to say, uh, and there's a, there's a lot of times with the with women's rugby that tries are scored in such mismatches that when someone goes, oh, amazing try, and you kind of have to go, yeah, there's there's a bit of a context. It's like when you've got world class yeah. world class yeah, yeah. uh, full time professional athletes against someone who took the game up last year which, exactly. which when a game's in its infancy relatively will speaking happen. will happen yep. uh, there's a context but nevertheless so, so well in, in, in some ways this is like the opposite way around this is a lad from yeah T1 no, so I, was, I was just going to say the try that New Zealand scored against Wales was immense 
Oh, it, yeah. In, in the Women's World Cup, which is well worth looking at. That, that is uh, le- oh, okay. le- not legit an immense try. But, yes. but uh, that was a team try. Matteo Carreras, just yeah. all him. So yes, it, it was all him. In a way, this is the other way around, isn't it? So he's from, it's a tier one nation, but it's still like the youngest of the tier one nations. Mm. Landed in England, one of the better domestic leagues in the world. Just tore everyone up. Just yeah. tore them to pieces. We just made them look like fools. Yeah. And then it, he's, he's accelerated. When he's stepped, three or four players made them look like fools. And then he opens up, and the acceleration to go. I can't, I'm not sure who was chasing him. Was it the the reserve the, the nine, cameraman. James, the camera, <laughs> cameraman? But um, Furbank as well was coming across. He was an international fullback. Got nowhere near him. Yeah, it was. I, I was thinking, you know, uh, today that yes, there are work permit reasons why this happens, but. For a small nation, a small rugby nation, and they're not a small rugby nation, I should stop saying that, but you know, one of the smaller rugby-playing nations in Tier 1, the amount of quality that the Argentines bring to the Premiership now is just immense. Like They're often the best players on their respective teams. Alamona was very good. Montoya, yeah. captains. Yeah, uh, the three lads superb. at Falcons. Creevy. Cre- yeah, Creevy, yeah, of course. Still ripping. Still, and they also, uh, Juan Martin Gonzalez played for London Irish. Yes, did yeah. did from what I saw, a uh, very good thing for the Bernard Yancy von Rensburg try. Did a very bad thing for mm-hmm. I can't remember which try it was. Uh, the, his kick yeah. when he was turnover inside your own twenty two, and he tried to kick it away and kicked it ten meters up and five meters forward. Just while we're jumping around, mentioning <laughs> individual names, and we can zoom in on any particular game you want, but just in terms of performances of the weekend. There was there's a few individuals we've already mentioned. Ollie Lawrence, yeah, definitely worth mentioning. His individual stats. I'm sure Phil's probably seen the numbers. <laughs> They're ridiculous. Did he carry for something at 240 meters? Like 250 meters on his own. Yeah, with 11 defenders beaten as well. Against well, against Saracens. Yeah, against Saracens. I knew he was Saracens. good. But is it just because we watch more of Bath? I don't know. I've not seen him. So he's definitely never got the stats like that no, before. No. Um, I I watched him at Worcester. He, he was a very good player, but he's looked just these last two weeks, just two weeks, he's looked brilliant both weeks for, for Bath. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I can't. It, what's unusual is that we talk about settled partnerships and whatnot. He's just been thrown in there. He's just, you know, here you yeah, go. Yeah. Here's, here's a class player. Go and do what you want. And I, I, part of me was wondering, and I don't know because I didn't see it, and I don't know enough about Johan van Graan, but on the way in, Johan van Graan was linked, obviously, with Damien Dialandi because he obviously likes big, powerful centres that, that can punch it up. And I wonder if there's anything in that marriage between what he wants his centres to do and what Ollie Lawrence can do. That's a very interesting perspective. I've not not thought of that, but it makes perfect sense. Was Lawrence wearing 13, though? He was wearing yeah, 13. Yeah. I mean, they've got a carry somewhere. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is an element, because he's obviously worn 12 for England. Mm. Uh, I think he mostly wore 13 for Worcester. Yeah. Worcester, yeah. Because yeah, the, the partnership that I think I probably saw most was Venter, Venter at 12 and him. and him at 13. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's looked fantastic. And the, the man opposite, like jumping around talking about good players... The man opposite him, uh, Elliot Daly, he looked fantastic uh, as well. Uh, fantastic again. Purely on form, again. he deserves a spot in the England squad in the Autumn Internationals. He's Definitely. Been, he's been so good. Ridiculously. Uh, I listed all of England's, th- well, not all, but some of England's 13th state, and I actually forgot about it, um, Elliot Daly. Oh, he, he's been 
He's been great. But he's played 15. He was due to start on the wing and yeah. Tompkins dropped out That's last right. minute. So he moved to 13. Which didn't help your fancy rugby draft team. Phil. It didn't. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. I'm struggling a bit. JB, you've got to start setting your lineup, mate. I you couldn't care you less. You can't throw in the towel like this. <laughs> is the intent- well, this, this season, we were talking about it before we I came know. down here. Oh, this season is just. We love rugby. We love the Premiership. But. With the disruptions, with the lost games, with the bye weeks, with Wasp dropping out midweek, it is, it's hard to keep caring. Yeah, because and, it's so disruptive. And do you know one thing that, that people mention quite quite occasionally when they get in touch? Which, by the way, contact deadchasers at gmail dot com at rugby podcast on Twitter. Uh, and hit subscribe wherever you are and for more extra content go to patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. We must do a Patreon pod today. Yep. Um uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, that's one thing people have got in touch with is eat a bit of humble pie when it comes to Prem Prem versus URC. And still, even in the midst of all this, still, there are some people, and I understand it's because the job of the game is actually to celebrate and sell the sport and, you know, and actually that's what some, some people involved in the game have not done nearly enough and a lot of spectators have not done nearly enough. Uh, but to to still be saying this is the best league in the world, you can't be saying that when two teams have gone bust. <laughs> um, and even it's we, not even debatable, is it? And even we are looking at weekend rugby, kind of like, oh, I, I love watching rugby, and I'm interested in this particular eighty minutes. But what it means in the the wider context, I don't really okay. care as much. I have got a few thoughts on this because I'm very much in your camp, Tim, which and probably yours, Phil, which is it's very hard to get motivated for the Premiership at the moment. And if I can't get motivated for the Premiership, I kind of feel that. Who else can get motivated for the Premiership? Yeah, yeah. The casual fan who goes to, well, would ordinarily go to, say, five games a season at their local club, like, will, will they well, be motivated? So two people on the same day pointed out the error in my thinking. Um, one was a journalist and the other one was a player. Because I was like, oh, God, the, the league, I just can't get motivated. And they both said the same thing from different points of view. Well, uh, it was basically... You have to remember, most fans do not know a single thing about the rest of the league. They, don't know who, they just know their team. They know their team, they yeah. care about their team, they, they go to the ground, they watch the sport, it doesn't really matter. And I was talking to a player, I said, yeah, well, the league, you're not worried about it? He's like, no, not really, we just prepare like normal, it doesn't feel any different to us. Uh, we're not a wasps, we're, we're not a Worcester. I thought, yeah, actually, there probably is a bit of sheltering there. You know, there are very few fans of rugby who just watch rugby in its entirety, which is basically what I do. I mean, I don't even do that. I just watch the, the Premiership. There's very yeah. few fans that do that. They usually have a team. So if you're not a Worcester fan or a Wasps fan, or one of the teams that are not playing because of Worcester or Wasps, it doesn't really matter, does it? it that is an interesting perspective. Sorry, sorry. I'm messing about with my microphone. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Sorry. Um, we are in a, a very unusual position within rugby. Because mm. we we follow the league more so than we do any specific team. Yes, um, certainly within the Premiership. Um, it's <coughs> which actually goes for all of us. Well, it actually goes for Phil and I anyway. Neither of us have. Oh, oh well, I do have, beloved I, I have my beloved Ulster who's, now. Who, who's my team? I'm a neutral. <laughs> You're a neutral, and you've got Benetton. Benetton, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's interesting because um, so in a, a similar but different way. I follow Premier League football. Now I am a United fan, but I'm not the I'm not a diehard Man United fan. I love going to a game a couple of times a season to have a few beers and a generally a slap up meal and watch the game, but I'm not bothered if they lose or anything like that. 
I follow the league because of fantasy sport. Yeah, yeah. So when there was, it, it was totally different, but the COVID situation where all the games were getting moved and messed around and there was cancel, like late cancellations, last minute, it was an absolute night. Like it was totally disrupted because half of your team weren't playing on any given weekend and some of the games were cancelled hours before kickoff. Whereas if you only follow one club, if you only follow Liverpool or Man City or Chelsea or any of those teams, you don't really care. You're just in that bubble. Yeah. And it's, it's, you're right, because the two leagues that I follow the most, I follow it from a helicopter view rather than well, or the, the balcony rather than the dance floor. I mean, actually, if you think... So we, 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 we enjoy altitude, as, yeah, as, yeah, as exactly. you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. we like our rugby at altitude as well as our alcohol. Just take that <laughs> analogy um, one step forward. In some cases, for a lot of uh, team fans, you're not playing your greatest rival is no big, you know, they don't really care. So I'll give you an example. Like when Rangers went down four leagues, Celtic didn't care. They actually, they actually loved it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I would think, no, this is a disaster for the league. Like, no, 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 off they go. Yeah, yeah. Juventus, yeah. Couldn't care less. Bye. See you around. And yeah. that, that might be a lesson for some of these clubs now. When, when we talk more broadly, and you, again, right? So it's so people that listen. You, if you you sat there, you're listening right now. You're on your way to work or whatever. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know. So many of the conversations which are now being had out in the public by journalists and broadcasters and radio programs and other podcasts are conversations we have been having for months and years. Yes. And one of the things you said months and months ago when we saw this iceberg come in and we recognised stuff's going to get really bad. Yeah, we've not even seen it yet. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the things you said um, is that these, these clubs will still exist. There, there'll always be a Worcester or a Wasps or whichever club it is. Whatever happens to them, that will always exist. There's still a Richmond now. Yeah. There's well, there's not an Otley. Is there not? No. Or there must be an amateur Otley. Or sure, there is an Otley. Oh, no, no, no. Is it? No, no, no. What's, what's the, do, club? Do, do what's the Otley... club that doesn't exist now? It begins with a W, I think. Wakefield. Wakefield. Wakefield, Wakefield does not exist. Probably, yeah, they may be one of the few that don't exist. I yeah. think we need to apologise to Ollie, who got pr- promoted Not from Ollie. North, from North Prem International 1. I Sorry. Mean, Oral. Oral National still exists. Oral or Windless yeah. at the bottom of the level 8. Are they? Yeah. But they're still there. They're that still club. there. And they've still got those photos of their teams with Dowie Morris. No, they don't. It all burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> it's all burnt down. It's one of the, honestly, that's one of the greatest shames in all of rugby, that. So Oral had an amazing clubhouse because they had such an amazing history. And it burnt down. It all went down. Now, the less we talk about the burning down of the Oral Clubhouse, the better, <laughs> because I know a lot of people have a lot of views on that. But like, all was it the... similar to the uh, the freezing of the Sedgley Park pitch where they had their big... I uh... would not no, like that, to say... That was very cold and there was yeah, a lot of water. A lot of water. It just so happened. Onto that pitch. Yeah, the the rumours that... Uh, uh, that uh, <laughs> Uh, a hose pipe was accidentally left on and so around the same time when the key tight head prop for that relegation decider with Red Roof with Red Roof yeah. um, who had, had to, to travel can- later in the season yeah. and had to play two games in a weekend yeah. and lost their game against uh, Central <laughs> well, Park which know. meant they went down you just can't plan for things like it, where are the links? Daily Mail and Telegraph and Times journalists <laughs> yeah. circling around that scandal <laughs> exactly Scal- there was just a, <laughs> there, Flingate there was a leak <laughs> there was a leaky pipe on a very very cold winter's day I don't, I don't know what more there is to see here yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying all of Austin Healy's, um, not all of them, but a lot of his, either his age-grade caps or his county memorabilia all got burnt down there. 
Stuart Barnes. Dowie Morris. Dowie Morris it was, wasn't it? You know, they've had some great players, Oral. Um, yeah, so some proud clubs. So yeah. my point, yeah, sorry, my, my yeah. point being, these clubs will will always exist. They will. Which jumps me to the the rumor. Phil's got the rugby paper there, Uh-oh. and Wasps exploring a merger with Irish is the headline, front page headline. What do you yes. think of that? Um, go for it, I guess. I mean, there's no. What What does that mean in reality, though? What does that mean? They play in half and half shirts, or you know, <laughs> I've got no idea. Maybe they have. I mean, it could be an interest. Would it be black? What. What, what does Yellow it mean? and green hoops. Green, I don't know. Is it? I don't understand. I don't because if neither of them have a like wasps don't have a home. Well, really, the amateur club does. Yeah, that, that's that's the interesting thing that a lot of this, a lot of the weakness. Um, obviously, Worcester wasn't part of their weakness, but if basically if you don't own your own ground, you are you've got a big uphill battle. The clock's ticking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, basically because. You've got to spend uh, somewhere between five and ten million pounds just to stay in the league, and your revenues are going to be less than they otherwise would be. Which, which clubs don't own their ground currently? It's Sale. Irish, Sale, Sale. and uh, Wasps. Well, Wasps. Well, wasp. no, no, wasps, wasps absolutely do. do. They yeah. absolutely do. do. That's, that was part That's, of the reason yeah. for the move. Yeah. So, it's, so it's Sale and Irish, isn't it? it? Probably. Yeah. That's it. Hang on, just going through the grounds. Yep. That's it. Sale yeah. and Irish. Sale and Irish. And Sale are desperate to buy the AJ Bell Stadium. Yeah, I mean, that it's, reason, a, yeah. it's an absolute they nonsense what's going on at Sale. I mean, they could buy a ground a third as big and um, do all right. Yeah. Well, it's well, just difficult for them because like, they are trying desperately to create this fun experience. But once you don't have the stadium, they do their absolute best. It's still a great yeah. match day, but it's not going to ever be... It's not going to be able to compete with, say... If you go to Harlequins, I think it's a great match day experience because they can but put all of their concessions even everywhere. If, even if they got the experience to be as good as Harlequins, they would only get a fraction of the revenues. So even if they boosted, oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. So even if they boosted the experience better than Quins, it, it yeah. wouldn't have as good a I, benefit uh, for them. Just in terms of the administration of rugby, how short-sighted and, and silly it is. I think Sale Sharks are a perfect example. So I'll, I'll be as brief as I can because I know this might be inside baseball for for a lot of people. Why, why do you think they're listening? <laughs> yeah, Sale Sharks were playing at Edgley Park. They re- the, 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 that ground needed upgrading and updating to meet the standards that the RFU or Premiership Rugby had set, and that was going to cost too much money. So they needed to explore another option. That's that's what took them to the AJ Bell Stadium. And I, as I understand it, at the ra- around the time they were looking, Manchester City were building their campus, mm. and across the road from the Etihad Stadium is the Academy Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Which, which is about 8,500 capacity. And it's right in the middle of Manchester, right on a tram line. Yeah. Really convenient and uh, great infrastructure and a brilliant little ground. Mm. The 2016... Uh, um, uh, there's been some Junior World Cups there. Anyway... Uh, it's where you discovered Geordie Barrett. Where I discovered Geordie Barrett and Stockers. Stockers, And yes. Andrew Porter. Andrew Porter yes. was your big yeah. find. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, so Sale Sharks didn't explore that ground, uh, that ground share with Man City because it was 8,500 and not the minimum 10,000. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Premiership Rugby rules that have subsequently been changed. Um, oh, I would just say it is. It's so short-sighted. Yeah. yeah, which, I, I mean, 
And I wonder how many... And the issues with the AJ Bell, uh, they've addressed a lot of them now, but for that first few years, it was horrendous. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I I genuinely wonder how many times Sale have had more than 10,000, more than 8,500 since that point and how many free tickets they were giving away yeah. to clubs in order bet, to achieve that I bet you could count on one hand the number of times yeah, that they've had more well, yeah well okay so Sam Lawrence has been on Twitter about mm. the attendance at Sale he's got a point he's got a point and I think we've got to be careful now because uh, people said oh we, got, you know, we don't want any more clubs to go under well you're going to have to back it up by actually going to watch some you know, watch some rugby um, Sale do need to attract more people and I don't know what's going on in rugby, it is not the standard of the game, hmm. right? So for the longest time, we've said, "Oh, if only we just had more ball in play time. If only we just had less kicking. If only we just had you know, more skills, less less collisions." It, it seems to make not a jot of difference. Yeah, and not that, a jot of difference. That feels like the argument that we've all seen a load of amateur clubs. Oh well, we're in level seven at the moment. But if we start paying players, we'll get up to level five, and then level four, and then the fans will come, so it'll become profitable. Yeah. And it's, no, it's, it's nonsense. It's absolutely... We've seen loads of clubs, not naming any, but who have tried that route, and it is a quick route for someone semi-rich or reasonably rich to... Lose, reasonably poor. Yeah, lose a lot of cash. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in that position. Like, you've got to get a good, sustainable product, a product that is a good product within your current means, that product will then hopefully grow, and you market it in the right way, you sell the product, you tell the stories, and have that good uh in the in the correct trajectory that steady stable growth that, Not with, that, that within your current me, <clears throat> that within your current means is a phrase which as uh, i think resonates with me when you just said it and it reminds me of rob baxter who does talk a lot of sense you know mm. that man he talks a hell of a lot of sense mm. and he, he's been saying uh, and for a while now he's been saying everyone talks about the salary cap and some people are moaning that it's going back up and clubs are voting. you don't have to yeah you don't have to spend it and he said, for a long time, Exeter, we had to go stay within a budget, which Newcastle do. They don't spend up to the salary mm-hmm. because they cannot afford to. Yeah, yeah. There is no rule that says you have to spend money you don't have. Yeah. So, so blaming mm. blaming uh, an increased salary cap or saying it needs to be lowered or, or uh, there's no relegation currently. Do you know or, or there's a playoff next year? So right. Okay. So I, I disagree with Baxter on this because one of the joys of the league at the moment is it's so competitive and it's so brutal. Now, maybe this is the reason it goes to 10 teams, because I'm not sure how many of these games that, that you... I mean, the fact that it is so brutal now uh, is, even, you know, is even more reason to restrict the amount that the lads play. Yeah, but let's just... Let me just... I, I take your point. Sorry, and I I'm only just going to just back up that point. It's Worcester have gone bust, and they paid Duan van der Merwe and Rory Sutherland. Yeah. Massive contract. I've got to say, what on earth went on there in the summer? Same with Wasps. I, I don't really criticise Wasps. I think it's unlucky more than anything else, what, what, like what happened to them. But what were they doing signing players in the summer? I mean, that's immoral, I think. If you know what your situation is, and they undoubtedly did, and so did Worcester, it is immoral to sign players. Yeah, Vincent Cock to Wasps. I know. I mean, that's the most disappointing thing of the lot, really. Um, same with Duan, same with Sutherland, same with uh, same with Cam Neal, same yeah. with uh, and yeah, really, you, really you, out of order. Yeah, you said sort of it's unfair or immoral to the players. Yeah, that's one thing. But the other thing is they're, they're spending money they knew they didn't have. Yeah, Worcester are about to bring in another lock. They're, if they had not gone gone under, they were going to bring in a. F- they're going to bring in a lock. That's ridiculous. Oh God! Just you can't make it up. Um, anyway, uh, so back to the salary cap. No, yeah. I think it should stay as it is. I know Baxter saying you don't have to spend it, but that's just a nonsense. A nonsense argument. The reason that the Premiership is producing great rugby at the moment 
is because of the salary cap. And the salary cap has other good knock-ons, which means the standard of rugby improves because the only place you can spend your money is on facilities and coaching and analysis, which is why, actually, if you listen to um, people who know their stuff, they don't just talk now about the rugby squad, the playing squad expanding, but the backroom staff are expanding and they're getting more, and they're get, getting more expensive. So, yeah, the salary cap is one thing, but clubs are finding other ways to spend that cash. Mm. Mm. But then, but then it does limit the earning of players when they're in their prime years, and as a result, maybe you need to go. Okay, we won't increase. We'll reverse that, and we won't increase the salary cap. However, English players can play in France. Yeah, oh, I'm down with that. Yeah, absolutely. Go and get your best contract. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'd say I'm still not for that. Well, then I think that that this is where you can't sort of have everything you want. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you can't have it. They're a definite trade. Well, I mean, like the Welsh situation is a complete scumbag move. Here's a market rate offer. Don't accept it. Don't play. Cheers, lads. See you around. But then again, the same thing applies to the English situation where, yeah, we're just going to deprive you of England caps if you don't pay for less money here. You know, how do you fancy it? Mm. Now, guys guys like Simmons and Mercer, they've looked at that deal. and How many merchants next? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Racing. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no, no. Stad, Stad, uh, Stad Francais. Oh, he looked better in a Racing shirt. I don't know. He looked quite good. He looked good in either of them. Yeah. But Dan Bigger know. to Racing is one rumour next Is that all right? Yeah. Well, um, I can't imagine him in pink. He de- I wouldn't... Where do I see Dan Bigger? Claremont or somewhere. That, that seems more Claremont, Dan Bigger. Yeah, Claremont he would fit. Um... By the way, yeah. I'm just talking about the jersey style here, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not the style of play, which yeah. I don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, so, um, going around the houses there. Very very much so. <coughs> I can't remember what we were talking about. What uh, Salary cap. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, we just said, yeah. Generic yeah. salary cap chart. Yeah. So, um, I guess as we're just talking about random stuff, um, <laughs> can I talk about these P-shares, which are... Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so, so as it currently stands, Worcester are... Are they, they're they're winding up now, aren't they? It, it depends which part of what. So I'm, I've tried to follow this as closely as I can, but I don't actually know. There are yeah. at least a dozen different organisations within the Worcester hierarchy, of which some have moved directly into being wound up or, or full liquidation. Um, others are still trading, as far as I can tell, the car because park. they are they are solvent. Um, so I don't really know, but. Needless to say, the entity that held the players' contract, which contracts, which was a separate entity to the, the rugby entity and the, or certainly separate legal entity within the same hierarchy, and say the car park and the stand and mm. the the Wi-Fi of the, um, the academy house. house well, apparently the house has been repossessed or something. <laughs> yeah, it's been locked up. I don't know. Doesn't surprise me, but that was in uh, being wound up or in full liquidation, which is why all of the players became free agents immediately yeah. because that is no longer trading. And just to wrap up the WASP thing, it, it appears to be the general trend is there are, there are several parties sniffing around going, oh, it looks interesting, but they've all, they're all saying, oh, God, I want nothing to do with that rugby, which is just a loss-making entity. I don't want anything to do with it, but let's talk about the stadium. The stadium, the, yeah. arena, the, the arena, the hotel, the, the conference facilities, but, uh, yeah, gym. No, I do not want that rugby, which means... So then these P-shares come into focus because... Are these an asset? Uh, they are on the on the yeah. on the balance sheet yeah, of these because the rugby clubs. Well, you'd have to at a point in time if you wanted to buy them. It was fifteen or eighteen. Well, twenty million, twenty five million. It might have been. Might have been yeah, some, yeah, yeah, it seems like every time Elon picked up the phone, they just 
you know, put on another five million or, or whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. and they basically are not but, worth that. But nine point eight million is the latest figure. Okay, so that's a bit of a loss, isn't it, from where from where they came from last time? Yes. So uh, th- there's one thing regarding this. This is an asset which, if the clubs end up getting wound up and not not existing anymore, then that will go to pay payer wages. That should that well, you, you'd imagine that would be liquidated and go to pay off some of the debts yeah. which are owed. Well, the question is, how much are they worth? And the answer is not very is not very simple. So just because somebody says it's worth something on mm. a balance sheet, you've got to find someone who's willing to pay that mm-hmm. number from the balance sheet. So as I understand it, anyone can buy these shares, but not anybody is entitled to the income. You need a team in the Premiership to be entitled to the income. So that's a very, very small group of people. So if the Premiership clubs decide, no, we don't want them, or we will give you X amount for them, well, that's tough luck. That's just the way the world works. Now... I have got some thoughts, and, and this is, by the way, Go one one thirteenth of the value of wh- whatever that is, but one thirteenth of Premiership rugby, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that P share represents, and one fourteenth of the commercial revenue of Premier Rugby. Uh, no, less than that because less than- because. Uh, Oh yeah, because it's yeah, twenty-seven percent, and then it's yeah. So it's a thirteenth of the, rem- the remaining seventy-three percent. What yes. a great deal! Um, yeah. <laughs> who designed that deal? So there's a lot of crying at the moment about the P shares, and I understand why, because what the two sets of fans, both Wasps and Worcester, are hoping is it can all be resolved and everyone goes back to playing Premiership Rugby and the world is okay and we just move forward. And just very quickly to, to interject, I imagine what a lot of people are thinking and hoping is. We can we can effectively wipe the slate clean, just not not pay everyone off fully no, or that's, partially, I don't think... and then be able to come back in a year's time back to the Premiership as if nothing. Oh, okay, happened. yeah, yeah. So I think there's some of that. I, I think actually what most fans are hoping is that someone else comes in and says, "I will take on all this debt and I'll carry on running the club at an enormous loss, and I'll pay off all those creditors, and I'll pay off all the creditors, and I will make it successful, even though everyone else can't make it successful." I think that's what the fans want. I can't blame them for wanting that. I think I would want the same thing if I was that like, invested into a club. But the fact is, they have made their bed in terms of the financial situation that these clubs have got got themselves into, as has the whole league. And they do need a fresh start. I don't think that they should be worried about administration. They need a great reset. Or the Great Reset, mm. exactly. And and you will own nothing and you will be happy. Uh, yeah, the way it's going. Well, they will certainly own no debt. So, yeah, and they'll build back better and all the rest of it. So, <laughs> these P-shares are a bit of a problem. I, If I was Wasp and Worcester, I'd get rid of them. Just get get, get rid of them. Get whatever you, can, you can get for them. Yeah, I mean, look, if this one wants to give you a couple of million quid or whatnot, I mean, you'll have to spend it on player wages because you'll owe that on player wages. But, you know, effectively, that's what, that's what, that's what, that, that's what you should do. You should sell your P-shares... Uh, and then you should pay off the people that you owe the money to. That is the moral thing to do. But then once the club is available for sale again, somebody will come and buy Wasps. Someone will eventually buy, will eventually buy, buy Worcester. And what you don't realise is when you don't have these P-shares, you don't have... Um, OK, yeah, you don't have the income from central revenue, you don't have part of, part of the competition, but you also have no obligation to play in the Premiership in the future, and you have no obligation to be part of this horrible CVC deal. And as soon as Worcester went into administration, that was like the Rubicon being crossed. At that point, it became almost acceptable or not unthinkable. Wasps have now done it. So if those two teams are in the championship next year, to your point, oh, we'll just have one year in the championship and come back. Well, not if, e- not if Ealing have anything to say about it. And for Wasps, not if Worcester have anything to say about it and, and, and vice versa. 
there might be some other clubs now, and I suspect there are thinking, do you know what? We'll just get rid of our all of our debt, start again. There's another fan, another wealthy fan who would happily buy this for absolutely, for absolutely, absolutely nothing. The Premiership cannot threaten all of these clubs simultaneously with the removal of removal of P shares. And the more of them that do not have P shares and are in the Championship, the more compelling the argument that they do their own thing. Because you've still got some of the biggest brands, particularly Wasps, that's one of the biggest brands in all of, um, mm. in all of rugby. At some point, there, there would be a tipping point where people go, yeah, we'll just start again and we can have our own commercial revenue and we won't have to pay it to CBC and we can have um, competition rules which are fit for purpose and a commissioner and you know, a salary cap that works and all this, other, all this other stuff. When Wasps end up... Yeah, but who are they going to play? Well, at the moment, they've got London Irish, they've got Ealing, you know, they're, 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 they're all people. I mean, they're all pe- people out there. And, you know, sorry, did I say L- L- London Irish? Yeah. Did. Sorry, I didn't mean London did. Irish. Worcester... Worcester, Wasps, maybe London Irish look at the same situation, maybe uh, Newcastle, maybe Ealing. All of a sudden, well, you've got a core of clubs here. It is a question. Mm. The If if Worcester and Wasps were to continue in some guys, um, and London Irish, if they um, were in the similar, similar position, um, they p- would probably say, if they got rid of their P shares, they'd probably say, oh, I'd like to play in the URC. We can make that work. Irish, you can see the connection. He can see the Irish. Wasps and Worcester geographically is not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Would the URC, which is actually the strongest it's been, um, certainly as far as I can remember, in 10, 15 years, would they want them? Would they need Probably them? not. I, I actually don't think they would want them. 100% they would. I don't know, maybe. Wasps, wasps and Irish, you'd think, would be attractive. Yeah, 100%. And you could jettison, they could jettison... Say the dragons and zebra, or do but you know, Jetson a, a weaker team to improve it. You go into the URC, and all you've got is the same issues that you had in the Premiership, CVC deal, um, attendances which are not. Yeah, I mean, but, it's got all but, the same but, issues, but what, right? What you, what you seem to be suggesting is that Wasps can just drop down into the Championships and they can have their own splinter competition without a CVC deal. But no one would care because no one's going to watch Amptill v Wasps. No, no one would. Whereas people are going to point, watch Gloucester v Leicester Tigers. But the, They'd also pr- go and watch Leinster v Wasps. Yeah, 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 yeah they, they would. would. Well, look, or also look the, the remaining Irish. teams in the Premiership. Every time somebody goes into administration, they become less valuable. And and they know that. Or they get a slightly bigger... Yeah. No, they don't, because they'd have less games to play. So even if you pro rot Sorry, thank you. (laughs) So, you know, even if you just pro-rotter, even if the current deal pro-rotted, right, you're in a worse situation. So that's why you see clubs like Bristol arranging uh, extra fixtures and extra arranging extra fixtures, because they know that they're going to be in a lot of trouble because of... Yeah, Northampton. Um, they know they're going to be in, in a lot of trouble from lack of matchday revenue and also a pro-rated TV deal. So yeah. that just doesn't work. So at some point, they're going to go, well, why don't we just scrap it well, all? Well, no, the TV, de- the TV deal doesn't have to be smaller. Just because there's fewer clubs, you can still have the same number of games. BT Sport broadcast three games a weekend. Yeah. So by that on that basis you could you could six team league. A six team league could, <laughs> play, play yeah. could, I mean it, 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 times you'd have to play loads of times like, <laughs> yeah. like the Scottish Premiership play each other four times or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look I'm not saying that my way's ideal. I'm just saying that the end the P shares are not the end of the world. And the more people that realise this, in fact, I would love all the P shares. I'd love everyone to resign from the Premiership and go into administration, come out of it, and CVC to never darken our door ever, ever again. I That's imagine, what I would love. I imagine CVC have got them tied up fairly tight. That there will be some well, big bills to pay. Yeah, but like, not if you're, but not if you're Wasps and, and not if you're Worcester. But what you're, I w- you're free. What I would say on well, that, there's, there's <laughs> a lot. Potentially, of, we don't actually know that yet. There's a lot of this at the minute. You, you, you're doing it with CVC. 
they're a they're a big bogeyman. They're 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 a bad guy. Worcester are doing it with their owners. All oh, they're the bad guys. It's all their fault. Well, there's nothing else. Pro- nothing else. The problem. Wasps all start doing it now with with their. Oh, it's it's the RFU and it's the the, the Premiership rugby aren't fit fit for purpose. And there wasn't a fit and proper test. And there's a lot of there's a lot of this chucking blame around. Look. And and actually, this is just this is systemic. This is long term, and this is people. This is like someone putting everything on credit cards to buy frivolous stuff they don't need, to buy a new car every year, and then complaining when the house gets repossessed. I would say the CVC deal is like... Um, how, can I put, how can I put this? It's kind of like someone who is, looks superficially in, intelligent investing in a bunch of people that have drug problems. You know, you, you can give them some cash and you can hope it all sort of sorts itself out, but it, it, eventually, it eventually doesn't. The, CC- the, premiership, no, yeah. the, the, the premiership clubs are ultimately to blame for this. Yes, 100%. There's no two ways about it. They were reckless with their cash. They are reckless with their governance. They never... They gave away the value they had yeah, the, yeah, for a short-term a, cash. But CVC did not understand what they were doing. They understand the nuts and bolts of their deal, but there's no way that this was their plan. I mean, if this was their plan, it's a monumentally, monumentally stupid plan. <laughs> we were told that CVC were going to come in and provide this really, really, um, uh, you know, deep pool of talents which we could use as as a sport. Because of course, we could never get hold of this ta- um, this talent. We've got a stagnating TV deal. We've got two clubs which are down the toilet, uh, and they've manifestly failed. So they, they do have blame now. How on earth they thought? that the game would be sustainable after they spent their capital and after they had a cut of one-third of their central revenues. The clubs now, not CBC. You know, yeah, yeah. But how the CBC thought that that investment was going to be sustainable is beyond me. It's, I mean, not, it's that, not up to them how the clubs spent that uh, pile of money, and, and there are some clubs who... But it you, kind of is, isn't it? Because they have voting rights. They get... I mean, that's a part of the deal. The deal is, give us some of your income, and we will make sure the whole income grows. That was the... Implicit deal. No, no, I, I think all that stuff now, with hindsight, and you look back and again, go back and a lot of conversations will be had about CVC, which you particularly and we more broadly had three years ago. Yeah, uh, but those conversations we had now, I actually think looking back, maybe the simplest, and it, it, might, it would probably be over simplistic, but all that stuff about what CVC are going to bring to it was just hot air Completely. because the clubs were totally fixated on the little pot oh, I, of gold that they were being handed. I mean, be they had their mouths stuffed with gold, basically. It would be interesting to see if the deal was printed by CVC and their CVC spokesman rather than the Premiership spokesman what they would have said. Because I don't think they would have probably been so bold in their predictions that oh we're just going to grow you know we're just going to grow grow it all we'll just have a massive pie and we'll just share you know the bigger pie and you won't even notice the thirty percent got gone missing. I don't think that they, they would have made that claim. I think they're probably a little bit more honest than the communications that came out of I, Premiership Rugby. I think I remember there was one moment which sort of highlights the kind of. Uh Dog eat dog atmosphere and the fact that they're now they're not really trying to grow a bigger pie. They're trying to just they're trying to preserve the slice they have of the pie they've currently got. Was when um, when Saracens got fined and all the Premiership clubs went, oh, oh money, we, we we get that money. <laughs> yeah, and, did uh, they get that money? Yes, they did. They all, they all got it. Yeah, it's it's a nonsense. The five whole five, thing five million in fines, wasn't it? And all the other Premiership uh, clubs got it. Think about the CVC. 
Right, I don't blame them for trying it on, but they were opportunistic and they got it horribly wrong. For an opportunity, for an organisation that's there to manage risk, they've done a disastrous job. Yeah, not not just for rugby, but for rugby, well, but also for their shareholders and also for the people that, in, that they're not answerable. So. They're not answerable to anyone involved in rugby. So uh, uh, CBC, is no, com- but like, it's yeah, completely off my radar. We know because c- it, it, unless I was invested in the fund, which which CBC are. Uh, have made all these made that purchase acquisition into it. It's got nothing to do with me. Yeah, I, I care about rugby, and that is the thirteen owners of Premiership clubs, Premiership rugby, the RFU. But you don't seem to be acknowledging this, Tim. You don't seem to be acknowledging that they were opportunistic and they preyed on rugby because they thought it was a simple target, and they didn't realise what yeah, they were doing. Every, every, well, every Premiership club shook hands on that deal, which we said at the time it sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, and the reason they you all know, shook hands on it, and how if we looked at it and said. That is a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. We, we, we identified that. But then you've got to say the people that signed off on that deal thinking it was great were, are, are the ones that are culpable, not the people that were offering the money. Because CBC are out of pocket. They're going to be answerable to their shareholders for that. I, look, I, I, the blame is not on CBC nearly as much as it is on the clubs. Completely agree, c- c- completely agree with you. But they were opportunistic and they didn't understand the risks. And, you know... I. It's still beyond me why they thought that this would work. You can't deprive an organisation which is on its knees when you get there of 30% of its central revenue and think it's going to work. And, and just to confirm, I mean, that is just madness. This isn't Monday morning quarterbacking because this was said on this podcast. Yeah, I've, I've, three, got, it on, I've got it in writing. I've got it in writing on Rugby Pass. Go back, read exactly what I said. I'm, I'm just repeating from three years ago, so I will probably stop that now because I've already said it new, um, numerous times, yeah. times before. But the reason you know they're not investors... It's because an investor will buy equity, and equity involves you know sharing the losses as well as sharing the gains. They don't have equity; they just bought the cash flows. That's all that they did. And anyone thinks that CBC are invested, you know, they don't they don't understand the deal. And the other one, which I, I think is madness, is when people say, "Oh, well, CBC might want to uh, swoop in and buy the P shares." They couldn't care less. They don't want to own rugby; they just want the cash. Yeah, they, nothing they more. They wouldn't want the P shares. They wouldn't want but anything they, like that. They are they are still invested in. Uh, growth in revenues. It would be good growth, for them. Growth in spot. Well, it's very well, much incidental, though, isn't it? Well, not really, because if they're getting so the, the the BT Sport deal, which is by far the biggest commercial arrangement, that's forty million per year. So mm. that gives CVC eleven or so million based on their twenty-seven yep. percent per year. It would take them to just get back what they invested. It would take twenty years at that level. Yeah. That's not a good return. Well, a- that, so the, the, that is why they they are invested because if they double the um, if they double the value of that commercial um, deal, that BT Sport deal, yep. then they get their money in half the time, and then it's pure profit after that. Yeah. So, uh, th- so they are invested in it from that perspective. They are yes, and that's a fair point to make. Um, I, I just go back to my original um, point, which was uh, Premiership Rugby did a horrific deal. Not only did they do a horrific deal, they did a deal with people that didn't know what they were doing, and they didn't even they didn't realise they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, maybe they did, and they just did, did did it anyway. But you know, whatever CVC say they are, they're they're basically goons who don't know what they're doing. I mean, that is the bottom line that's of what, it. That's what it looks. Although the the one thing that we probably not mentioned enough on this is just how disruptive the two years of the pandemic was to the league. That is a that, very fair point. That does. Uh, the club's obviously got the injection of cash which from the CVC deal, which they either invested wisely or frittered away or a little bit of both. But the, prim- the COVID was the thing that has 
significantly impacted the sped, revenues. It's sped up. It's accelerated. Well, do you guys know about the marketing trend, fund? Yeah. They had a marketing fund of 20, 20 million quid before COVID. For PRL. Yeah, and then, you know, that was part... Yeah, so if I was to make the counter-argument for CVC, mm. they had a marketing fund of 20 million quid and that was about to go out the door. That was the fund to grow the game. Yeah. And obviously, as soon as COVID hit, it's like, well, we need to spend that just to keep the lights on. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it, it yeah. didn't yeah. get done. But we still are where we are. We're going to we be are, talking yeah, about yeah. this for a while. Let, let me jump yes. to, to something, <laughs> something else because just one quick <sighs> question. We actually asked this back in September um, and we've, we've mentioned a commissioner many, many times. But again, <laughs> as tends to happen in rugby, things which we talk about some weeks or months or years later, other people start having it. And there's a lot of com- conversations in the last couple of weeks about a commissioner. And we actually missed these emails. We, we did ask uh, back in August or September about who, who would you have as a rugby commissioner. And mm. uh, Stu uh, Hamilton-Smith, contactedchasers at gmail.com, said, he said, Wade Dooley. Uh, as one suggestion, the Blackpool Tower himself. He was at, he was a sighting officer, uh, poacher turned gamekeeper. Therefore, so not averse to the rugby executives, um, and he was his policeman as well. Yeah, so he was. There you go. Um, whisper it quietly, says Stu. Steve Diamond. Ooh, <laughs> Dimes. The, the Dana White of rugby. Yeah, <laughs> I love that idea. Dimes would be pretty cool. Imagine the scores they'd be settling on like the first day, <laughs> <laughs> and then Alex uh, Anderson. I, I would, I, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be against that. I actually agree with this one. I genuinely agree with this one, and it will, it will turn some people green, and there'll be other people that nod. I agree with Stu Hamilton Smith when he says the the Premiership Rugby Commissioner should be Austin Healy. He says, I, that, he says they probably couldn't offer him enough money, to be fair. No, they, yeah. I don't, yeah, that's a great point. They really couldn't. They probably couldn't, but I'd, I'd go for it. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I'm down with Steve Diamond. Diamond would, be, Diamond would be dynamite. I mean, like, he talks so well about the game. He's not one of the normal idiots, which, you know, one of the, you know, um, the, 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 the plummy spoken. He's just not one of those. He is someone... He's someone from the north, which which is a, a massive fe- fe- feather. He's in never going to be seen in a pair of plum chinos. Yeah, <laughs> uh, although some of his dress sets, some of his casual dress sets, <laughs> there are questions to be asked. Um, it, it's Steve Diamond. It is absolutely Steve Diamond. He gets on a microphone when you know, basically when whenever anyone wants him, he tells you at least. I mean, I don't know if it's always the right story, but it's a story. Much like much like Austin Healy, he understands business acumen. Yeah, it's a phenomenal idea, and I don't think many people are gonna. I mean, you probably have an argument with him a couple of times. You'll be signing an NDA soon, and you won't want to. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you won't be coming back, pal. Steve Diamond branded NDAs. Yeah, and here's another it. one. It, it is another brilliant. Qu- right, this is a great question. Okay, so if, as it appears, is going to be the case that Wasps will not be playing their rugby outside of, uh, they will be playing their rugby outside of the Premiership uh, next season. Which which is the only club that will which sorry which will be the only Premiership club f- from the original Courage League in 1987-88 to have stayed in the top flight since there have been a proper league structure? It's got to be Leicester. Leicester Tigers, has to be not no incorrect. Northampton. Wow. Oh no! Oh no! 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 Sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry. If if you if it hadn't been for 
COVID, uh, two clubs would have gone down. Uh, ah. So okay. if we assume they should have gone down and mm-hmm. finished in bottom spot, which is the only club... So yeah, Leicester and Bath would have gone down. There you go, Leicester and Bath. You mentioned Gloucester. Those. Correct. It's nice. Gloucester. Can you name the uh, Can you name the other clubs that have, that were in the uh, original Courage League in nineteen eighty seven eighty eight? Nineteen eighty seven eighty eight. Wow. So that's where there was a first league structure brought into rugby. Gosforth. No. Waterloo. Correct, Phil. Waterloo. Oh, then, um, Oral. No. Orally correct. Were they? Have that, yeah. Phil. Um, West Park. Oh, sorry, West. Not West, West Park. Hartlepool. West Hartlepool. Uh, West Hartlepool. No. Hmm. No, I'm looking for the unusual ones. Yeah, no. Richmond. Uh, no. London Welsh. No. Oh, crikey. Hmm. Uh, well, obviously. Saints will be in there. Quins will be in there. No, Saints were Saints not in there not. in the original one, no. Quins? Uh, Harlequins, yes. Must have been. Sale? Sale, yeah. Yeah. So that's. So what have Broughton you said? Park? So? <laughs> uh, no. no, 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 seriously, because they, they were in the. They were in, in the 80s. Yeah. They? They, they'd England um, internationals then. So you've said so far. Gloucester, obviously, because they're the the only team that was still in there that yeah. haven't been relegated or should should have been relegated. Gloucester, Harlequins, Leicester, Oral, Sale. How many teams are we looking and for? And Waterloo are the ones and you've Bath. said. Oh, and Bath, correct. So you've got one, two, three, four remaining. Five remaining. Headingley? Nope. Is it a Leeds variant? No. Nope. Oh, um... One H- Halifax, maybe? No. It's got to be a Yorkshire team. Two of them Wait. are still premiership clubs now. And one... Oh, I, two of them Saracens? are not. Saracens? Three of them are not. Saracens? Uh, no, Saris came up for the first time in the second for the second uh, okay. year. Irish? Uh, Irish came up in 1991. Uh, Bristol? Bristol, correct. They were in the original Courage League. So you've got Bath, Bristol, Gloucester. Well, two more. In the southwest. Yeah. Uh, you've got Harlequins... Oral Sale, Waterloo. So there are one, two, three, four other clubs. And one of them is still a premiership club. One of them is still a premiership club. It's embarrassing. There's not many pre- pre- well, I mean, premiership clubs. You're talking about one of the f- most famous names in rugby. Wasps. Wasps. We're in the we original Wasps, Courage League. Didn't we? Uh, oh, I, don't think we have, I don't think we have so, up to this no. point. So, but so you've got all the premiership clubs. So now there are three clubs that were in the original Courage League wow. that are no longer in the premiership. Uh, that aren't in the Premiership. Some of them never were in the Premiership. Otley? Uh, Doncaster? Nope. Rotherham? Richmond. Uh, Rotherham, that's what I was nope. thinking. Uh, oh, uh, it's got to be one of the... None l- of them have ever been in the Premiership. Blackheath? Nope. Pertemps Bees? Birmingham? Sully Hall? Nope. Well, They're not far off, though. Uh, Mosley? Correct. Coventry? Coventry, yes. Coventry, nice. And there's one more. Is it obvious? Uh, it was a. They had an. They. I remember Jonathan Webb was an England fullback in the late eighties, and he he played for them. And it's quite it's a famous old famous old rugby club. Um, area, area of the country, Midlands, Bedford. Nope. Well, Bedford's a good show. I'm just going to tell you that Nottingham. Oh, oh so the, have, the original courage league: ba- Bath, Bristol, Coventry, Gloucester, Quinns, Leicester, Mosley, Nottingham, Oral, Sale, Wasps, Waterloo. Mm. Very good. Very yeah. Good. That was hey, good. Um, we were bad do at you that. know? Do you know what the opposite to Northampton Saints is? 
Yes, I do, thanks to an email that we got. Shall I, shall I get it up? Yes, yes please, because I've not read this one. Oh, it's great. Uh, it is... Where is it? Where, where is it? Is it the local rugby one? Yeah, Mike Stacey. He said, I've been listening religiously every Monday for six years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm another who's found a local club after a long time out of the game. For me, it's eight years since my last competitive game, and I'm reluctant to say JB is right. But it is all Again. About, it's all about the offer which mm. a club puts forward. So Mickey turned up at Northampton Heathens RFC because they train once a week and they prioritise having fun with a good bunch of blokes. Uh, a good bunch of blokes. There you go. Understand your audience. Go out and find your, your local tribe. Uh, what I didn't expect was to walk into the oldest amateur club in Northampton. Over 100 years ago, when a reverend demanded his players attend a church... Northampton Heathens splintered off to form awesome. the Heathens, uh, and love and, that. And the and the club that that spawned from the people that went to the church, of course, the Saints, Northampton Saints. Mm. That is a brilliant. St- I never knew that. It's awesome, isn't it? At the ripe old age of thirty-four, it's great to find a club where you're truly welcome and valued. I urge anyone to come back, just like me, because it's bloody lovely to be properly <clears> part of rugby again. Amen to that, Mickey. Go find your local club, and if if the one that's local to you now or you've been going to isn't offering you what you want, if it's not social enough or if it's too social and not serious enough, if it if it if it is asking you to train at times you can't train, there will be a club that will be absolutely spot on for you. So go and find them, even if that means dropping down a league, going up a league, going ten miles. Just go do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mickey, if you're 34, <laughs> next season when you're 35, yes. you qualify. You qualify the greatest team on earth. The Vets. Egg Chasers Vets. I'll, I'll just say, um, so two guys I work with um, down in London, one plays for Old Verilaniums. Oh, yeah. Um, I know them. You do? We're, I, I know them. captain. St. Albans Club. Yeah. Um, and another guy I work with who is um, who's born in Zim, but spent a lot of his formative years in South Africa. In plays Pret- at Exeter. In Pretoria. Uh, he's now in his mid-50s. What? Went, turned up for them for Old Verlainian's second team in his mid fifties, first game in about twenty years, and played, amazing played this weekend. Amazing, so fair fair play to him. I, I don't want to put uh, excuse me. I want to put a general request out for stories behind clubs, your yeah. local club, because I love that. Yeah, that, I love that. That is a amazing well, Talk story. H, Talk H has got a brilliant story, and yeah. I'll tell you about it again another time. Um, we get must get about three or four of these emails. Every week, I'd say. Ones, I mean, like, I mean, ones like that with people saying, yeah, you, I've, I've been inspired, I've, we'll come, back. I've come back to play, here's a picture of me and uh, a mate, our first game for years. I love getting those emails. Mm. Contact techchasers at yeah. gmail.com. So just to, to put my real dark spin on this, um, I, I honestly think now, if you love rugby, you need to go back to your club because the pro game is so precarious. <laughs> is, is there any point in really putting that much effort into the pro? I mean, your amateur club will always be there. It will always be there. So if that's a, if it's rugby that you love... Use it or lose it. Yeah, it, it's going to get... I, I think the future is going to be fairly dark e- economically. So the more things that you've got, which don't cost you anything, but give you an awful lot of... Um, and you can do within three miles of your house. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because obviously you won't be allowed to travel or whatnot. Um, <laughs> you know, the more valuable these things are. So, you know, go to your local rugby club. I, I guarantee it's going to become very, very valuable soon. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Well said. Agreed. 
Can you talk, talk about the games yet? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Should we go back to games? We've mentioned a few bits about the games, but where do you want to go? So after your favourite game of the weekend, Gloucester-Bristol. We've not really even spoke about it. I mean, like... We, we kind of touched on it, but yeah, you're right. We didn't really talk about the finish. Any of it. Gloucester are ferocious at the breakdown. Love it. And yeah. defence. Jordy Reed yeah. was And they were great. Jordy Reed was great. And yeah, I, I was wondering, how on earth are they going to replace Mark Atkinson? Because... He is a fairly unique talent. There's not, I mean, I say he's a unique talent. He's the only 12 in England. The only one. Only <laughs> <laughs> uh, English 12, anyway. Yeah, it's him and Dan Kelly. And they're, Andre Esterhazen. Oh, yeah, a bit English, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like two English 12s and that's it. And they're both completely different to each other. That's why Jimmy Gopeth, aged 45, is still playing. Yeah. Uh, and now that, yeah, so now that Atkinson's injured, there's only one 12 in England and only one type of 12 in England. So, you know, a whole skill set has been removed from the English backline, but also from the Gloucester backline. So it's like, well, what do they do? The obvious one would be Billy 12 trees, but with the greatest respect, he is getting on a bit. You know, I don't know if you can rely on him all season. Mm-hmm. They brought in the Georgian lad. Cavezza Ladza. That's him. He, he had a storming game, absolute mm. storming game. So hopefully that's how they're going to plug the gap. Now, I have heard on the grapevine that um, Odendon, Burger Odendon, is on his way to to Gloucester. I think the guy who would really fit there would be a return for Ryan Mills. But he's had so, so many, many injuries. injuries. Are you really? So if you if you had no. a bit of money at this point, when you when it's a buyer's market, I, I I've I'll got go a lot of down. time for Ryan Mills. But uh, yeah, for that reason. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting point because I would maybe make an offer for Ryan Mills, but it's not going to be a good offer. No, pay, it's not. pay as you play, and the, it's kind of like you were looking at the lads, the two lads who signed from Worcester for Saracens this week: Kitchener from a very good family, oh, yeah. uh, very good great family, and, and Tom Howe. Now they don't automatically stand out as being. Oh yeah, I'd immediately put them in Saracen shirts, but there will be a price Saracens might have had. They might have had 100k for a lock and a winger. And yeah. I'm just I'm making the number up. You're absolutely they might have right. had 80k for a, a winger and a, a lock. This is what this is what's on the table. What can we get? And yeah. they were the best. They, they were the so, options that were available. I don't want to I do want to talk about the game, but let me talk about this because I think this is really interesting. Yeah. So, I think now there is a there's a dilemma that certain players face. Do they play or not? So, ultimately it's a business decision. So, if you are a top of the, a top of the range England player, do you play? And I suggest if it's underneath market value, you might want to think about it twice because if you're guaranteed to go to the World Cup, that is a lot of money. Well, if no, you get hurt, great example: Jack Willis, Alfie Barbary, who have both had injuries. Yeah. If I were Jack Willis, let's take him as no. Let's no, go for Launchbury because he is, I think, more likely, isn't he? Okay, he, well, he's okay, older any of them, as well, any of them, yeah, yeah, and he's he's been returning from injury. If I was Launchbury or Willis. Uh, those two very very realistic chance of going to a World Cup. Yeah, I would be looking for another club because you need to play. But I would be saying to them, look, tell you what, I will come to you for this. Mm-hmm. Not very much, but can we shake hands that I'll only play no more than ten games between now That's and the exactly end of the season? Yeah. Well, here's what they can do for the England guys. They can give them. The and England. I want to play in the big games. I play. I play in the big games for you, Europe. Well, yeah. I I forgot about this, but if it does make sense, right? You can give the England players their England money. So the clubs will get the England money, and like you say, well, yeah, shake hands, I'll do you the playoffs, and I'll do you whatever else it is. So there is a way to employ the England guys. In a way, it's kind of unfair, because if you've got an England guy, you get compensated for it via the via the England money, uh, so the, a part of their salary is excluded from, from the cap. 
it's the other guys that, that have got a problem. Anyway. But that, that is, they've got to be in the current England squad for that. Yeah. So those two yeah. guys, I don't think would yeah. be. There's a squad announced tomorrow for the yeah, Ultimate yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Launchbury is. Oh, but um, might, we'll, well, we'll find out tomorrow. We'll find he out might, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but the, if you're in that England squad, you get England money, potentially, and you can e- also get enough money. Even if they're not yeah. in the Autumn International squad, I think Jack Willis will be. We'll see about Joe Launchbury. But Autumn Internationals, Six Nations, that's eight, nine games right there. Yeah. And then World Cup, seven games, potentially. Yeah. That is, and you probably get a fee for the whole World Cup rather than individual player appearances. I would suggest it. I would suggest it. If you're an England player in the next twelve months, you're probably going to earn three hundred, a yeah, lot yeah, of three hundred grand. Yeah, just will, to your point, yeah, so yeah. Your, your club money kind of doesn't matter. It's just you need to be playing in the Heineken Cup in a in a good team. Well, and for the, if you're in the England as well as that three hundred k, let's say you play all that. There'll be sponsorship deals on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Think back yeah, to 2015. Right. Like, there'll, be, there'll be loads of. Think back to we always back ourselves at home. How much was Chris Robshaw paid for that advert? Grey yeah. beats. Some of the worst money they've ever spent. <laughs> um, so just on uh, the England, I don't think they do need to. I, I bet there's a house. I bet there's a house that Chris Robshaw owns that was paid for by those beats by that Beats Be- headphones advert. Yeah. Be- Be- Beats cottage mothballs, and yeah. just, he never goes there. He, <laughs> he cringes every time he watches that video. I hate to be back he, at home, but then he thinks about the cottage <laughs> yeah. somewhere lovely. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, so I don't think they do need to be playing and I'll tell you why because I think they have like two or three months together don't they without playing a single game in their camp so whatever form that you've got going into camp you'll soon lose it once but, Eddie Jones but to get into that <laughs> squad you need to get into that yeah, squad it, 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 it's, it's a risky move to take and if you were Owen Farrell Maru Itoji Courtney yes. Laws yeah Courtney Laws Launchbury probably is on the border of that yeah exactly yeah. that's what I mean we, we uh, Launchbury would be thinking oh no I, I need yeah. to show up in a Heineken When's, Cup when Saracens went down, that is the perfect example yeah. because the guys like Ben Earl and Max Malins, they had to go to Bristol because they needed great to... Great point. They had to show that form. Yeah, yeah great Whereas point. Whereas Farrell, Marrow, they... Did, who cares? They didn't. Yeah. They, they are going to be well, picked regardless. And, and this is exactly what I want to say next, which is there is another tier of players where it's kind of unfair because they don't get any England money and they will have to play. I mean, I'm not joking when I say they'll have to pay for play for almost like academy contracts mm. because they need to be in the shop window to get that appearance. So Barbary would be a good example. I think he'll have to play for like 40k on the off chance that he plays well enough for a Bristol or someone to get him into the England squad. That's the only way he goes and, and doesn't get injured. Yeah. Because Bristol would be a great well. fit for Alfie Barbary. He, would, would, he could fill it? that yeah, sort of yeah. Nathan Hughes void. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good shout. So, but they've already spent the money on Joe Batley, so that's um, that's unfortunate. Well, that that is. A, there'll be a few clubs looking, thinking, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I could have got a Barbary or a so, Willis. Well, one of the Willis boys, a Willis boy, would be great. 
Yeah. Who needs a Willis boy? I, don't, I can just say, you know, I can see Willis, everyone needs a Willis boy. I can see one of the one of the Will I yeah. um, <laughs> going to Leicester. But yeah, I just I don't know why. I just feel that it'd be an amazing fit. Just a culturally mm. great fit because they work really hard. Those and they're just boys. hard and you know yeah. they're very Leicester-y. They are. I can just see I'd be an amazing fit. They'd fit right in under um, under Borthwick. Yeah. But where they all go, I don't know, because, I mean, wasps... There's, there'll be a load of... Like, there'll, there'll be a few... So, like, Vincent Cock will certainly... He'll go to France. There'll be no one in the Premiership. Yeah. Who, Do you not think URC makes sense for him? Yeah, possibly. Maybe. Maybe the... If, if the money... money is, you know. the, the best money will be France or Japan. I feel sorry for a lot of people, but I, I do feel sorry for people like uh, Callum Chick, let's say. So he's he's in the last year of his contract at Newcastle. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, he, and he's worked himself into an mm. England squad, been absolutely yeah, awesome yeah. in the Premiership. He must have been thinking, right... I'm going to either big, make big money I'm, move. Newcastle are going to have to open the checkbook and yep. bust bust open their what what they're spending, or I'm going to make bank finally for all my hard work. And now, his a, his agents going. Yeah. Oh. The market's been flooded with. Yeah. I was talking to a player who has a offer on the table. I said, "Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like, Sign it. What? You know, how how long is it? Three years. Sign it. Just go in there. That's oh, not quite what I wanted. Just go in and sign it. Sign it. You you don't know which other wingers or." Whatever position he plays, um, the market is flooded with talented yeah, players at the moment. Are going to be there? You just got to sign that deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, just go in and sign it. Yeah. The best advice I get ever gave to a player ever, and they didn't take me up on it. And I wish they had. I really wish they had because it made me look like a genius more, more than else. Is two or three years ago, I said to a player who's going through his negotiation, just try it on, see if you can get an inflationary. Uh, an inflationary rise on, on on your contract, and do them a deal. Take ten k ten k a year less now, but put a yeah, put a um, RPI track. Uh, yeah, an RPI. Just just give it a go. See what they say. Say just, when you sign it. Say I'll take ten grand less if you give me RPI. Yeah, I just wait, I I just look like such a genius now. God, uh, that would have been that would have been a hell of a deal to take. I know, I know. But they don't listen, do they? That's the problem with rugby players. They, they, they don't listen. Well, the, the flip side is that there's a lot of guys... Actually, I think the championship might be a more attractive move for some of them to go... And I know London Scottish uh, did this when my brother was coaching there. They would get a lot of guys that, that were like at the point in their career where you're like, you know what, rugby's not quite paying me enough. And, and, you, and much mm-hmm. to your point, JB, about make people an offer. Actually, London Scottish do all their training... Early, early in the morning, get it out of the way so people can go off and do a job. This right was one of my, this was one of my ideas, which again nobody took me up on, but I thought it was brilliant. I obviously I would. Why are we not seeing more part-time players? So you got a salary cap. I'll take sale, and this is where I got the idea from. Actually, they had a situation where their lineup was run by Bryn Evans, and they had a hooker injury, and they bought Rob Weber back from Jersey. Mm. Right now, both those guys are looking to transition into something else. Only ask them to come into the office like two two days a week, and the rest mm. of them, and send them out for that would get misused because what you would then do is have oh yeah, Manu Tulangi's decided he's going to be a uh, part time player and he's going to be working for uh, <laughs> yes for, for AJ Bell Insurance yeah, yeah yes I mean there is there is that of course two hundred k to man the phones yeah. on reception for one hour yeah. a week exactly a security yeah. <laughs> one hour security shift uh, yeah uh, yeah that is a good point Tim I did not think about but, but yeah. I think that, yeah. No, actually, be, no. I still stand through, by it. Like, it can't be through connected parties. You have to be very clear on. Uncle. Yeah, like if you want to become a teacher, say, I mean, there's there's no way you can possibly 
You, you can't bribe the school to take Manu to teach maths oh, three days a week. There's some good private schools that will... Uh, yeah, I mean, I maybe, guess... They, maybe they'd love the PR you. of it. They would love it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's loads of jobs that they could present. There's, there's, there's a fire station somewhere in Wigan that has, I think, at least one Tompkins brother, if not two Tompkins brothers. <laughs> and uh, I, think, I, I think I'm right in saying that no one will play uh, the Wigan Fire Service at Rugby League now. So these are like, like this um, sort of like into fire service tournament, but they won't do it now. We best talk about some rugby again. Well, speaking of Gloucester, Gloucester, just, Bristol. Just very quickly speaking from school, did you see the video that we were sent of Sedba beating Blackrock with the yeah. final kick of the game? Yeah, very good. That is. They look a very handy team this year, Sedba. That is very some really, really good players. What again? Yeah, <laughs> they're a handy team every year. They're, they're amazing. a handy team every year, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, just yeah, I, I saw, saw that. that. Just very cool because that is a that's a cool fixture as well. That's Black Rock Cockage cool against Sedba, awesome. Yeah. So well, well done, well done the Browns. Um, Into the other game. Do you know who Black Rock's headmaster is? Uh, AJ McGinty's Mr. dad, Mr. Mr. McGinty, and uh, Nick Kennedy, uh, Mum's an author, and Tom uh, and Tom Howe, uh, Tom Howe, Tom Howe. Oh yeah, only one for you. Either mother or mother-in-law is an artist. Ah. Luke Narraway. That's Butcher. Butcher. Correct. Come on. Uh, <laughs> come at me, bro. Jack and Frankie Knoll. Uh, Fishmonger. Uh, fisherman. fisherman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not Munger. Fisherman. Oh, oh, I'm embarrassing for me. <laughs> um, what was the one? Johnny May's mum. Oh, I have heard it. Teacher. Teacher. Oh, right. Taught Ed Sheeran to play piano. Oh, That's the oh, one. Yes. Very it's good. good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's very good. Uh the, the yeah, Harlequins probably... Leicester game, I, I did love that game. Yeah, I so I found it really entertaining, yeah. really interesting. Partly because Leicester nilled Quinns for whatever it was, 60-odd minutes, Yeah, which I, you don't see that very often. I didn't expect it either. Yeah. No. Um, they shut their attack down. Yeah. Well, They suffocated me, them. It was not so much the actual... Collisions in defence. I mean, they were they were fine. They they, they were good. Um, <laughs> Pass, possible collisions. Possible collisions. Right. Um, where they really made the difference was just like key moments, particularly around the breakdown. They were winning lots of small battles, and, and that, re- that that really right. tipped. Yeah, it. Tommy Rafael getting Tommy man of the Rafael. match uh, that, that indicates what you're saying. Yeah, I, I wrote a tweet about Tommy Rafael because a few weeks ago he was played off the field by Ben Earl. I mean, you know, they were both wearing seven. Yeah, they play a different game, and Ben Earl runs right with ball yeah. in hand, whereas Tommy Rafael doesn't do that so much. But he was quiet. He was really quiet. Today he went up against who I think is probably the best seven in the league, which is Will Evans. And, um, and the best at, at the equivalent type. They're, they're a yeah. similar type of seven as well. And he was immense. And not only that, Will Evans had backup from Jack Kenningham, who I really rate. Yeah. I think he's a magnificent player. But Rafael was just a different beast. Two tries, turnovers everywhere, just in, in interventions left, right and centre. I thought he was brilliant. And you add Mon, Montoya and Visa to that Leicester pack and they're, they're a different beast, aren't yeah. they? Do you know the one who I thought his performances had dipped, but recently some of the uh, the small things he's doing, not small things, but some of the bursts of activity he has, incredible, it's George Martin. Like the explosivity of some of his contacts is just incredible. The way he gets, you know, the hand, a hand in someone's chest or explodes in, well, not through a tackle, but explodes into a tackle. In the mm. best, best possible way, he's like a nasty rugby player, isn't he? Yeah. I love it. But he just hits hard. He, yeah. he looks like he he's causing people. everything hard, yeah. He looks like he's causing people physical pain. It's, I mean, he is all, causing people it's physical all pain. all elbows and knees as he's, whatever he does. It's just, yeah, he's just hard. I thought he'd fallen a little bit below the pecking order to, to Chesham. So I do love, mm. I do love some chasm, but um, 
on today's. I mean, he reminds me. He does remind me of of Mario. The just like, the pure violence of his movement. But it's interesting that, that that Leicester pack without those two, without Martin, without Chesham, they were still mm. comfortably dominant. Mm. Dominant in the line out, dominant in the air, dominant around the breakdown, dominant just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They um, they're looking rather. The, the guy who was sort of I can't really put in a a category for what he is is Lieb. What's his name? Captain Liebenberg. Like, well, he's, he's not a, he's quite a, a seven. Everything. He's not quite an eight. But he's, he jumps in the line-out. Generic forward, isn't he? Yeah, but he's very, very... He's all-round because he does a lot of the rough stuff. He hits a lot of rooks, almost like a Richard Hill type. He's a range of ball carrier as well. But then, yeah, he's galloping through the middle as well. Like He is such a handy player. And yeah. he's, of all the most important things, he's not quite good enough to play for South Africa. Or yeah, he's not. Perfect. He's not selected to perfect. play for South Africa, which means he's available... Every single game. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's how good he is. Uh, can I just say he, he would be in like the South Africa C or D team. <laughs> how about that? That's that's a massive compliment. He, he would be playing for almost any nation on earth. Yeah, exactly. In the back row, we'd be starting. Yeah. He's uh, I'm going to tell you something player. really embarrassing. Uh, now, I was watching this game thinking that Harry Wells was um, was Martin. Martin. So no, all Harry, the nice things. Harry Wells. Harry Wells had a, a great game. All the nice things. I was just saying. Uh, it, it's the long hair. Um, all the nice things I was just saying about George Martin, I meant about Harry Wells. Harry Wells, I meant about was really good. Yeah. But all those things that you said about George Martin, they apply every time I've seen Martin this season. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's just a, a very, very lucky coincidence. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there was nothing. There's nothing more to that. Than that. No, Harry Wells is Harry Wells watching. Was class today. Yeah. Uh, on, on the flip side, uh, moving over to Harlequins, just as I said, Visa and Montoya suddenly makes an already tough Leicester pack look really hard. You take out. Don Brandt and Lavise, and you've got yeah a big big hole, yeah that they can't seem to quite replace. It's the carrying, isn't it? Yeah. Those two, you lose that carrying grunt, and they've they got Esther Hazen back, but his first game he's played in a while. First, they first they had his card very much marked today. Yeah, and he, I thought the the defense. I was I was surprised to see Scott moved into twelve and Potter. Uh, yeah, Potter, not Porter. Potter at thirteen. Mm. Very surprised on the team sheet. They worked it brilliantly, and it's it's a Leicester midfield that we were criticising only a few weeks ago when they lost to I can't, when they had Saracens. Maybe yeah, when Saracens hammered them. When you had Malins and Elliot Daly coming round the corner, putting pace on the ball, and then it was Thocknessinger and Gopeth in that midfield role, and they just. They weren't aligned. There was too big a gap between 13 and 14 and then 15 coming round. This, they were beautifully aligned. They, they worked it, as a feels, really solid unit. With And that Quinn's backline is so dangerous yeah. under normal circumstances. I think Leicester have got some combinations that haven't quite clicked yet. And Burns and Gopper would be the one. So I think like G- Burns and Pollard or Pollard and Gopper or um, what's, the, what, what's, the, what's your boy called from Stockport? We've spoken about already. Uh, Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly and either the two fly. I mean, there's loads of combinations that do work, but for whatever reason it is, that combination does not work. Hmm. And they went for Matt Scott, and Matt Scott's an absolute pro. That's yeah, what I like yeah. about Matt Scott. Like he's gone from being a very explosive sort of you know game winner, which is exactly what he was at Gloucester. Very very pacey, very powerful, but he's just a bit more of a complete player now. Hmm. And yeah, he's very he's very good at what he does. Yeah, yeah. They, they really until that last five minutes or so. They really shut down that Quinn's attack. Do you want to know another player in the Leicester pack who I rate and who hits things very hard? They didn't have a great game today because he, he got hurt fairly early. 
Uh, he came off fairly early. Ollie Cracknell. Okay. He loves to bang. He, he absolutely does. loves to bang. He, he's a good player. Yeah. He, he's great bit he's of un- Yeah, he's a very Sound good signing. Underrated player. Mm. Uh, well done, Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, do you think Quinns will be somewhat disappointed by, by, by this? Yeah, well, they're, they're, what are they? Are they two and three now? Uh, good question. But they that's a home game to them. Mm. To get yeah. zero point, like the the scoreline, it was nineteen twenty seven. It finished, but that flattered Quinns because they scored. Yeah, scored three tries in the last ten twelve minutes and two in the last four minutes or five minutes. Yeah, Mur- Murley should have scored. I mean, I can't believe he didn't. He got hunted down by JVP. I know. I was surprised at that. So I, I JVP apo- was fresh. I apologised to Caden Murley because I said he was the fast. I said he was. I didn't think he was that fast. Then. I said I thought he was the fastest man in the Quinn squad. Now I don't know what to think. Well, it depends on the range, doesn't it, really? <laughs> because you see him break and he looks okay. He looks, you know... He looked tired. He, he looked tired. But then he finds an extra up. yard. You think, oh, he's motoring now. And then, I tell you when I think he lost it. Do you see when he looked over his, over his shoulder for the handoff and it wasn't there? <laughs> that is a man that has got not got much, much yeah, more running I to go. It was, it was already done when he looked over. Yeah. What's the table? So, Quinn's so, one, two, lost three. Correct. Yeah, mm. they played five, won two, lost three. They're in eighth position. Mm. Just ahead, currently, in the table I'm looking at, but just ahead of Wasps, uh, which they might not be there yeah. for, for much longer. But so, Yeah, uh, um, a Bath still technically, in points terms, still below Worcester and Wasps. I think yes. they are. Uh, certainly Worcester have been eliminated from the table I'm currently looking at, yeah. but Bath still haven't won a game. There, no, there are. I said last week there were some green shoots. There was definitely some green definite shoots. There's green definitely. Shoots. Now it's still, it's a loss. But what was it? A, a six point loss, so yeah. a, a two point two point game for them, two league point game for them away at Saracens, which not too many teams will not do. Too shabby. And Ollie Lawrence, we spoke about him before, but yeah. he just looked incredible. He like, did. Powering through multiple t- multiple defenders hanging off him. Legs going and just driving it's through. such a bath thing, though, isn't it? It's such a bath thing to have like a Rolls Royce player playing exceptionally well and yet somehow managing to lose. <laughs> now, this, I will forgive them so the Saracens, but they've got to Don't start forgive winning. Them. They've Don't got forgive to, them. They've got to start winning. Who have they got next? I will no I longer it, forgive them. I think it might be Worcester. I think Ooh. that might be the Worcester game. I do think, though, I think Bath, bath would have. Six points from six games, oh, so and Worcester would, would have five Worcester. points from three games. Yes, they're off the bottom. Bath are off the bottom. Yes. Here we go, boys. Straight, straight to the playoffs. But if they just if they gain one place per week, then this is week six. So in week nineteen, just at the right time in the table, they'll reach peaking, the top. Peaking. There you go. Their trajectory is impeccable. Superb. Uh, the South Sharks are, are are impressive. They are a joke of a team. As in, they are brilliant at the moment. Absolutely brilliant. This, uh, was, this was really impressive, wasn't it? They just, dis- just bullied. Just dispatched Irish. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, no yeah. ifs or buts. Absolute business they, time. It was like a rugby version of uh, two people fighting and one of them's like much bigger than the other and got long arms and could just hold the head of the smaller one. <laughs> the other one's <laughs> swinging and you just can't touch him. It was yeah, just... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it helps that you've got the world's best fly half keeping the seat warm for England's best yeah, fly half. Yeah, my God. So he is playing incredibly. I streamed on our YouTube channel uh, the, uh, our fantasy rugby draft, me, me doing my draft. And the number of times I went, even down in the lower rounds, I was like, shall I get, I haven't got a fly half. Shall I get Rob Dupree? No, I can't. No, sorry. I'm just, not what Rob am Dupree. I talking about? Not I'm not Rob doing Dupree. that. Look at him. I know. So what someone 
in the cell organization put on Twitter the other day. Um, yeah, do you remember all those people bagging Rob Dupree? I just put underneath guilty, absolutely guilty, completely wrong. The guy's a world class genius. Fly half. Did you see? Um, yeah, as you as you said, the world's best fly half, keeping the seat warm for England's best fly Ex- half. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, did you see Sanderson talking about him after the game? I didn't. What did he say? He said it was, it was quite interesting. He said you had to play a little bit second fiddle to um, AJ. Mm-hmm. He moved to thirteen for a period, didn't and, work. and he said, like, obviously Sanderson's not going to say it didn't work, but he said he added something to the game. It, it, it kind of forced him to have to attack the line a bit more, and that's something. That's interesting. Yeah, and it, when he said that, I was like, "Yeah," because I I think of some of the passes he threw in that game, like the pass for the Carpenter try, so flat, wasn't it? In the court, yeah, he takes those like the th- two or three steps, like not much, but just the two or three steps to to fix the defense, and then just whipped it quick. It was only a fraction of a second, but the whip on the passes like, is is also another thing, thing like which that. is. Um, and shortly after the Gonzalez fluffed kick, I think he takes it through the line that led to one of the other tries. Uh, he, he's he's playing brilliantly. He is, and uh, you've got to say we were just joking about uh, uh, Liebenberg and where he is in South Africa's pecking order in the back row, and he's way down the list. But that's because it's just outrageous the talent South Africa have mm. got. Fly half. They don't have many. No, they don't. They le- he could legitimately play himself into a World Cup. Well, and the fly yeah. halves they do yeah. have. I mean, one of them looks suspiciously like Dan Dupree. Uh, Dan Dupree <laughs> you know? Rob, Rob Dupree. Dupree. Rob. So they're all the same, aren't they? Yeah. One can pass, one can't jump. That, that's, that, that's, <laughs> like, bearing in mind, they've, they've got a fourth, like, how old stain now? 36. Yes, they've got a 36, 37 year old uh, veteran in there. Um, Elton Yanchi's still yeah. getting a sniff. Now, has he just signed for someone? Ooh. Like Toulon or something? Really? He's signed for someone in France, I'm sure he has. I, I'm not seeing it. Um, I want to say... That would be an amazing story if Rob Dupree plays himself Toulon into a World Cup. Set, set to give him... Really? Uh, yeah. That's uh, an interesting move. That is a... Yeah. It's an interesting move for a team set that wants to, to win give. games. <laughs> um, so... Well, Toulon have got Ihaya West, haven't they? They who, have. Who was incredibly su- successful at uh, La, Rochelle. La Rochelle. They also signed Danny Prizot. One of my favourite props. Yeah, he's, favorite loose he's awesome, isn't he? Didn't from didn't La Rochelle. God, they move all around in the top 14, don't they? Every time. Every time you look, someone's playing for the team. Well, t- tonight, um, La Rochelle were hosting Toulon. And oh. last season, those two were playing for playing in black and yellow, and now they're playing in black and red, or red and black. There we go. And they got hammered. La Did Rochelle they? won 32-5. Bloody hell, yeah, that is a bit of hiding. With uh, Bastaro scoring the only try for Toulon. So people that know things about South African rugby are a little bit surprised that the Dupree brothers, the twins, are not getting a look in South Africa. I've got to agree with them. I mean, the difference between Sale... Okay, so there's a few things about Sale at the moment which are really cool. Um, first of all, it's the combination of the Curry boys and the Dupree boys just manhandling people. I mean, mm. th- that's what Sale are good at. They're good where it matters, and that's what matters in the Premiership. Mm. Well, yeah, it is, but equally... And I think when we watched Sale last season, this is what you and I both thought before last season. We were like, they're going to manhandle people with the Duprees and the Curries and Co. They're going to, they're going to, and they've got, you know, a AJ at ten and blah blah blah. They've got all the pieces. They should, they should do this, and they and they didn't. And you were saying all last season, Premiership, you can, it's, it's not enough just to manhandle people. You can't just manhandle. It's people. not. It's not. Well, so the second thing they they do, and <laughs> I'm I don't know. Can I say this? Maybe. 
this could be George Ford influenced. Have you seen the running lines of the backs? Everything looks like, I mean, they look like a really well-drilled and slick rugby league team. So there's one of two things going on here. It's a George Ford influenced attack or Deacon's been allowed to do a bit more of Deacon stuff. But the way, I mean, like well, Sam Hill in particular was running some lovely disguise lines. So mm. um, uh, Rob Dupree could, 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 could distribute the ball. Back to what we were saying about manhandling. Everyone can play rugby. But I guess not everybody can manhandle uh, other teams like the Currys and the Duprees can. I mean, they are two unique sets of twins. Double twins. They are. They are pretty unique. And they're both going to be at sale for a while now. Yeah, they've signed long term. That's a phenomenal bit of business. Yeah. I don't know what sale I've got to give up in order to get them signed. Something we'll have to give. But, uh, yeah, phenomenal bit of business. Well done, sir. <coughs> Great result. Uh, one slightly annoying bit of news looks like uh, for if you were um, a neutral or a sale fan, um, Aka van der Merwe looks like he's out long term. Oh, is he? I did, did not you know see that. that. There no. was um, the crock rule. His leg got trapped. Oh, and it did not look in a good did way. Did not look good. Knee, his uh, right knee. There was one today that, there was, that there was an injury today uh, that looked really bad as well. They didn't show the replay on the uh, green. Tyrone Green, Green yeah. So ho- hoping those boys are But he was kind of carried off, wasn't he? So it uh, gives me yeah. hope he, he might be all right. But the TMO said, uh, yeah, we're not going to put that on the big screen because it doesn't look very good. Uh, so. Talking of things that don't look very good. Um, <laughs> did you see ITV were pushing the Women's World Cup? And within the Women's World Cup was a scrap between England and France, which, of course, I'm all for. Well, I want to see more of that. But it dawned on me, like... Because it's the women, and no one's allowed to criticise them, no matter what they do, because that's like, the cardinal sin of rugby. You're not allowed to criticise them. That sounds like a flippant comment, and it kind of is. No, it's not. But, but it's also... I'm deadly true. It's uh, almost... Deadly serious. It's almost, I was going to say, it's, it's almost true as well. You're no, not, no, you, you're not uh, allowed to say anything. No, I'll say anything negative about the women whatsoever. But because they have this immunity from anything critical... It means they can get away with whatever they want, and it means that they can, it means they can actually, say the things that we want them to say. Yeah, it means <laughs> that they can actually show us the bits of the game that we want to see and promote things that we want to see, like fighting, like fighting. Now, a punch wasn't thrown, but even if it was, they'd be they they they'd be celebrating that. It was so refreshing to see the broadcaster and the tournament organizer saying, "Look at look at these girls getting very wound up about a thing which matters a lot a lot to them." If it was the men, the normal neck beard bet. Bed, bedwetters that infest Twitter would be uh, uh, quote tweeting that and saying things like oh, uh, the game's an existential crisis toxic masculinity Tal- yeah yeah. Um, that, that was toxic femininity, femininity right there yeah would, would a mother ever take her son to the rugby club after seeing this you know just the normal stuff which people have never played rugby say but because it's the women they can get away with it so is there a use for the Women's World Cup absolutely it's to bring back the elements of rugby that we all love and we're allowed to celebrate because the women do it uh, now I haven't really watched uh, much of the no no in fact uh, I'm going to be honest I've watched patch I've watched a couple of highlights of the Women's World Cup but I did watch England France because I was genuinely did you? I was genuinely interested in that game mm. how'd it go I, I didn't watch it uh, England won 13-7 mm-hmm. yeah uh, they Scouts were scored all the points yeah they, they were uh they were much the better team for most of the game. France just dogged defence, and yeah. but it was it, two good rugby teams. I've got to say, I don't know why I feel so uncomfortable. I feel very uncomfortable with some of the. Um... No, it's all right. Let's talk about something else. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. Okay. So in the mm, no, yes, yeah, 
There are certain Twitter accounts. Oh, no. You're right. You're right. You just yeah. can't, there, can't, there, say, can't say anything. There are certain Twitter accounts which I just feel they go overboard with their praise for the women. Yeah. For the women, and it comes across rather creepy. <laughs> That's all I'd say. Yeah. Just yeah. I've always said that the, the, the biggest problem with the women's game is creepy men. And you know, if you look on Twitter, you can kind of see which ones they are. Anyway. Enough of that. Uh, all, uh, all I'll say is when the, the Bill Sweeney's come out and uh, g- given his thoughts, and in the talk about the issues with rugby, he's he's included women's rugby as part of the solution. And I... Oh, it, it right. Kind, it kind of... I'm, it's I'm, not part of the solution, is it? I'm, I'm looking at it and going, oh, no, just like... It's part of Bill's solution because he gets paid for it. Yes, right? But it's not I part know. of my, my solution because no, I play and, men's rugby. And actually, so it, there should be nothing wrong with saying this. I watched England-France so I was genuinely interested in that game. It was on at a good time of the day. I watched it. The, the rugby was great. Um, and, I, and, I, and I did enjoy it. Two full-blooded, good rugby teams, which is, that's where you want the World Cup to get, where you have mm-hmm. 20 teams that, 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 at that level, whatever sport, gender, whatever. But... Um, it shouldn't be controversial or a problem to say the the men's rugby is in dire financial straits. Part of the part of the lack, part of the money which isn't there, uh, is because the men's rugby is funding the women's yep. game. Everything, everything. The men's rugby is men's international ev- rugby funds everything. Funds everything. Not oh. that it necessarily shouldn't, but it's just well, it depends. But, but, but it? About a time where two clubs have gone bust, I just, I just hope the, uh, given the fact that women's rugby world cups turn, I just hope the noise will turn down about it's out of order that these women aren't all no, professional. No, no, really. it's like, <laughs> the noise which whoa, gets whoa, whoa. me. There's hundreds of men's professionals whose clubs are the ones that bring in the money and yeah. the product who brings in the money no, no. that are out of here's, here's one which gets me which I love this is the greatest commercial opportunity of a generation what, what is women's rugby yeah the, the greatest bar none I mean you can't argue with them this is 100 and if we don't embrace this great commercial opportunity to which I think like well, why don't you just go and invest your own money then I mean if it's so great why don't you borrow some money Loads of it. Mortgage your house. If you're that convinced, this is the greatest commercial opportunity you've ever seen. Mortgage your house, and then away you go. You'll be a millionaire. It can't be that hard, can it? <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a greatest opportunity. It's greatest commercial opportunity for other people's money. That's what it is. The money is not mine. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but, but as I say, I watched England France and I enjoyed it. Yeah, That's good. That. Do so, you know what I didn't enjoy? Hmm. Hmm. A Tok H victory this weekend. You always love a Tok H victory. Not this weekend, I've got to say. Well, you weren't playing, of course. I wasn't playing, which was difficult. We beat How Bolton. did Marlow get on? Marlow Marlo won. won. <laughs> Your boys won. <laughs> yeah, we had... I we, love we've now got we've now got listeners on Twitter tagging <laughs> me in Marlow results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joking about, oh, Tim will be so happy. Uh, I don't know why this, but at least no one's uh, cottoned on to your trying to make out. I do you more oil? Landing, We were talking so. about Aylesbury and their, uh, and their lethal, you know, their age-old generational ri- rivalry with Marlow. I mean, like, How I love Marlow. get on? I don't know, actually. I, I, I've, lo- I've memorised most of the results from the Northwest. By the way, awesome game up in the Northwest. Uh, Stockport took on... Manchester Stockport had one of the longest unbeaten records in the country, and Manchester Rugby Club playing in an SK postcode. Yeah, and Manchester turned them over. Did they? Yeah, that's, Very, a, that's, a, that's be a, a really interesting. That's, that's a big result. That. Uh, yeah, so we played Bolton. Bolton had lost one game. We we had lost one game. Not we weren't. I don't think we were quite. Well, we we're a little bit nervy. You know, you you lose 
you lose the first game in 34 35 like, like like we had and we know Bolton are good Bolton went ahead we, then we scored two two tries then we scored a third try after after the second, second half Bolton came back and scored two more tries everyone's converted all their tries so three tries all th- 21 all when we thought the game was dead and buried they then start kicking their points their fullback has not missed a kick all day he scores one penalty two penalties are six points ahead we can't get over for the try for level and many. Three minutes to go, we get we get our try. We kick our points. We're one point ahead. They kick off to us. We give away a stupid penalty. You, we can't argue with the with with the decision of, of the ref. The Bolton fullback who has not missed a single kick all day. No, he missed one from the halfway line. So that gives you an idea of how confident the guy is if he's kicking from the halfway line. Missed. Inexplicably missed. Ugh. I was like, we did not deserve that one. My mm. word. So um, apologies to Bolton, we absolutely robbed them. But a uh, really, really solid team that they've got there. Very solid team. Mm. Yeah, I think their return leg might be a bit different, but we'll see. That's interesting. Uh, Aylesbury got a handy win, by the way. Huh? Aylesbury got a handy win. Oh, did they? Oh, Fantastic. Good well, they've, got, they've effectively gone up a level now. So every win that they get, they've really got to fight for. So uh, yeah, that's, um, that's very, very good. You see the results in the Broughton Park League? That league is just um, basically top six. This is level six in the northwest. Level six northwest. The top of that league seems to have polarised, and they all seem quite good. So that's teams like Furswood Waterloo, who were in the original Courage League, and then the bottom of that league just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. So this, uh, I think, the northwest probably this is replicated across the country, really. But there just needs to be more movement between the. between the leagues three or maybe four should go down two or three should go up I mean they just need more more movement for the next five years so all the leagues can sort themselves out did you see the results in national uh, two north two north Sedgley's league Sedgley's league I, and they didn't actually no so Sedgley travelled to Bladen won fairly handily and filed who were top of the league um, both unbeaten yep filed went to Rotherham uh oh and hammered them who did they? Put 40-odd points on Rotherham. Yeah, they really hammered them then. So it uh, looks like not necessarily a league decider, but a very important fixture will be Saturday the 5th of November at Park Lane, Sedgley host filed. That will, that, that, that will be good. Well, in level five, one level below that, Blackburn lost. Mm. So Blackburn and Rosendale are the two prohibitive favourites, I would say, to go up. Rosendale lost early doors. They are on a winning streak now, so I think they're five, they're both five and one. But Blackburn lost against someone who you didn't. I think they lost against Macclesfield, mm. which is nuts because Macclesfield well, have been doing terribly yeah, recently. But Blackburn even playing in the same league as Macclesfield is nuts. Yeah, it is. Like five it? years ago, or ten years ago, or fifteen years ago, they'd be opposite ends of the pyramid. Yeah, completely. Well, they'd be level. They'd be level seven or level eight. Yeah, and, Blackburn, and, I'm sure. Uh, Macclesfield would be level three. Yeah, well. Uh, Preston have now gone up to the Sedgley League. I think they've lost every single game that, mm. the game that they've played. So there's obviously a massive jump between... It's a good standard them. when you get there. Well, level oh, four, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Preston and Preston are two from six. Huddersfield and Bladen are currently both winless uh, okay. at the moment. Uh, it's, a, um, it's a tough learning curve, that. Yeah, we would we would love to, or I would love to go to watch Sedgley versus Foud on the 5th of November. However... We are, now on, conf- we? we are confirmed that oh, we, we will be, be su- supporting... Malaga. Is yes, he our boys Charles the Charles Fakitoa. Yep. 
Our but boys. Some of the best players come. of all time will oh, be playing. Why? In I'm, I'm working for Talk Sport on the autumn international coverage. Hmm. So it's working on a couple of games that weekend. And then the following weekend, I'm in Cardiff. Ooh. Very and nice. And then the following weekend, I'm uh, at Twickenham. Ooh. And then the following weekend, no, 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 sorry. And then after Wales, I'm doing the, I think, Barbarians v New Zealand. On, uh, which, which, which is a, is that Spurs Premier stadium? Sport at the Spurs Stadium? Nice. And right. then and then the England then at Twickenham for South Africa. Barbars. Let me talk about Barbars. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Minute. So Barbars are also playing Northampton. 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 I love this fixture, and I'll tell you why I love it. So, just linking back to all the awful stuff we've been talking about the Premiership and the shrinking and whatnot. If the Premiership exists, Bill Sweeney's talked about a ten-team league. Premiership rugby talk, spoke about a ten-team league. They had a very sneaky press conference on Friday where only certain members of the press were were invited, which mm-hmm. I got wind of. Uh, and then tried to sneak myself on it uh, to, <laughs> to no avail. And this is a classic example of why they need to reform their communications. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so a 10-team league will obviously have less league matches. And Northampton know, know this, and they're trying to replace some league matches this year because they are missing Worcester and Wasps. And this is a yeah, big chunk of change. A big, just of their premiership gate receipts, it's, it's 16 17% yeah. of what they'd be. So if you take... 16-17% of their t- of turnover of any business is going to struggle. Yeah, it if, is. If you, if you went huge. to, like, if you just took, know, pick anything, but say Tesco or Nike or, like, any big, well-run business and you just overnight just took 16-17% of their turnover just disappeared. The margin's probably they, not they that, got, yeah, that big. They'd be, they'd be screwed. Yeah. They'd be absolutely screwed. Well, if you have a 10-team league or if you've got things missing. I think sometimes, as much as I love the Premiership, as much as I love super competitive competitive rugby, you do need just to chill out a little bit and, you know, have some other weird sort of fixtures. This is perfect. So I think that club teams playing international teams or the Barbarians is actually a way that we can fill the gap from not having as many in, uh, uh, as many club and, games. And let's say, for example, Australia uh, and New Zealand are, uh, are not flush with cash at the minute. No. So if you, if you were a brilliant brand like um, Phil's beloved Canes, mm. going, we're going to, around the time of the Autumn Internationals, we're going to do a bit of a UK and Ireland tour. People go wild for it. Play a few, yeah, mid, yeah. Play a few midweek games under lights. They're, people are um, go mad for it. But not right. only that, like some of the most famous games in history... Or clubs versus international. Flathley beat the All Blacks. Scott, um, clubs versus international is a great shout. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's the other one? Um, Australia lost. Yeah, Australia beat the All. Uh, sorry, Australia got beaten by Ospreys. Yeah. Um, you are right. Munster beat the All Blacks. Yeah. People still talk about this to, to this day, and I think it is quite nice to see someone further down your squad or a hybrid of the first and second team playing a hybrid of the uh, Australian team, maybe not the, the strongest team. And if you win, that is literally something that people remember for the rest of their lives. They totally. don't remember the- Other things they used to do as well, which you could do things like this, is that people would have kind of combined teams. So you might have a... Uh, imagine. Imagine and, and what, what the spirit of old school rugby it might be. I remember there being centenary games in... It was like maybe early nineties or something, and it was England and Wales v Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. But 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 also you could have like imagine um, imagine an international team playing against a joint Leicester and Northampton team. Yeah, it just it's just weird. Just, stuff. Just, you could just do weird and cool stuff. Yeah, because you've got the time to do it. There was one last summer that I watched the extended highlights of, which was in Madrid. 
which was Spain, oh, yeah. Spain versus the Classic All Blacks. Classic All Blacks. Which is a team yeah. with like Conrad Smith, Jerome Kano, Mulyaina. Well, so some people that weren't All Blacks, but. There was a, there was a, there's few, a few. But, cla- but classic like, All Blacks. Like Harlem Globetrop. Who's, who's the old Irish scrum half with a scrum cap? Uh, who's a Kiwi? Oh, yes. Um, G- G- Griffin? No, not, no. not Griffin. Not Italy. Ireland. Uh, played for Ireland. Uh, Isaac Boss. Isaac, Isaac Boss. Boss. He yes. played for them. There was. But, so. That was that's the kind of thing. I, as yeah. soon as I saw that Northampton uh, Barbarians fixture, I was like, "Yeah, this this is, would be perfect and, for that." And to your point about the local fans going to just watch a game at the club, that's the kind of game. That's yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially yeah. if it's like when Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm in. You might yeah. see a better a better rugby game between Northampton and Newcastle for the 180th time that they've played in the last decade or whatever it is, right? But you will remember the All Blacks, or you will remember the Barbars, and like, that's exactly what the kids will do. And when you pull up the team sheets in your schedule, like, that's cool, that's cool, yeah. that's cool, that's the cool. The number of World Cup winners that were playing for the All Blacks in that it yeah. was amazing. And what what is slightly embarrassing and does highlight the the still existing golfing class between Tier One and Tier Two, and players who. Eight years ago, we were playing Tier 1 and have been retired for six years. And <laughs> Tier 2 was the All Blacks won fairly comfortably. I like teams like the Championship England Select. Yeah. I think that's a cool team. Anything to do with the Armed Forces is a cool team. That, yeah. that's, definitely that, play. You asked my brother, that's one of his... Uh, his some of his proudest days. He played for the Barbarians, mm. and he played for he played for the English Championship. That's an amazing team, against that, the Maori All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. He did. He must have done England Counties a, yeah, a yeah, few times yeah. as well. If it's taken seriously and it's properly organised, the England, the England Championship team is a great team to to, to host, particularly for a touring side. Mm. And you know, someone must want to host that game. I want to host that game. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? That's a great shout. Fewer games, fewer Premiership games, but make up the lost revenue by reconnecting yeah. with. Some of those great rugby traditions, yeah, because we yeah. know how good. So Super Rugby, we know how good they are. So when they play the Lions, it's cool. You know, it's just cool. Mm. So anyway, well done, Northampton. I'm, I'm, I'm for my first time at Franklin's Gardens when I go and watch up. Mm. Anyone wants to? Uh, when is it? Come and join me. That is a great question. Shall I actually find out? Yeah, there was an email on Friday, was it? Uh, let me have a quick look. Was it an email with a uh, hey boys, come come and watch? Yeah, well, no, it was the I'll, Premiership I'll, Rugby Communications. I'll, re- I'll reach out and uh, see if I... There we go. Uh, Barbarians on the 26th of November. Okay. Hang on. So that's a Sunday. Hang Saturday, on. 26th. Saturday. What oh, am okay. I doing on the 26th That's the same day as England and South Africa. Yeah, I've got a problem because I'm going to play in the Dubai Sevens because I'm an absolute massive lad. <laughs> <laughs> to be confirmed, but yeah. No, no, I'm going to buy my flight tonight. I'm going to go. Have you Do had it. an actual genuine offer now? Yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've confirmed the offer. Oh, and I've, awesome. I've, and I've, so Monday to Sunday, playing uh, Dubai Sevens. Is the Amazon Monday to Sunday? Yeah, playing on Monday. Come Monday back. to <laughs> Sunday. You get, you get put out. You a get put out when long, you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A week long Sevens tournament. I'll do it. Yeah. Play every minute of every game. And <laughs> and uh, I know I know the laws versus what you're actually allowed to do in Dubai are very different. But so you'll be able to get on it a bit with the boys. Just, I am, just be I, in hotels. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more more worried about vaccine status, but yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll, <laughs> wait, we'll. What what what? Any rugby points that anyone wants to make on the actual on field stuff? 
just been before. I think we've, we've, I think we've covered enough. Okay. Of the, well, let's let's look out to the fixtures next season. Uh, How late do you think I'm going to have to get to actually be reasonably good at sevens? Ah, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, mate. Yeah. It is a it is an over thirty five comp, isn't it? You're in. No, 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 uh, no, no. The 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 actual main one. Yeah, <laughs> up against Fiji. <laughs> Should be fine. Well, bear in mind. No, the, it is over thirty five. Bear in mind the sta- Oh no, actually, the Vets comp wasn't. Uh, I was going to say the standard of the North Dorset Sevens. That was, but no, the Vets one was. That nah, was alright. You'll be fine. That, that'll be fine. That's social. That's yeah, gonna, that's going to be good crap. Mostly social. That's going to be a load of bankers out there. Well, the, no, there'll be the. Uh, I think I'm playing with bankers. Get out there and get us sponsors. I can't. There's going to be a lot of wealthy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Wealthy individuals. I can't be sure, but I think the guys I'm going with are all either current armed forces or ex. I'm certainly. I'm replacing the Royal Marines captain. Yeah, who's um, a little bit of a better athlete. That just a better <laughs> man, not just comparable. a better athlete. A better, a better, yeah, yeah, we're comparable, as in I'm slightly worse in every, in, in every category. <clears> so, so, Jay, do you know what this symbol is? <sighs> no, what is that uh, symbol? That is just. Jack, just James, just just Jack, just Jack. Is, is it just Jack? Just, just Jack. Jack. Yeah. It's, what Jack. O, it's what Owen Farrell does when he kicks. Joining it. Jack, joining Jack, and it's the, the, the that lad Jack. Yes, but all the Wigan legends like uh, Andy Farrell and Radlinski and Jason Robinson, etc., and more recent ones, they all go to Dubai Sevens and play in the the. The Vets tournament Jesus every year. Christ. Oh, Jay, yes. Do you know what I was about to say then? I would do most things, right? So if someone said, you know, do you want to go and play with ex-pros? Uh, you know, uh, this, that, and that. Yes, 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 yes. I'll, I'll do it. The one thing I, w- I would never, never play Veterans Rugby League. <laughs> I swear to God, nothing terrifies me more. So do they play Vets Rugby Union? They play the Rugby Union. Oh, sessions. you could be playing against them. Yeah. Oh, honestly, you don't. Like, it, I'm not even, I, this isn't even for a fact. Like, I only need to uh, think about uh, Morris Farsavalu. I mean, imagine, like, <laughs> imagine seven of those fellas. You just, can't, it's just different. They're just different. And not, you like, union players. Uh, yeah, these guys, and the, the way these guys are wired, you know they look at, have looked after themselves and they'll be. Oh, yeah, yeah. The proper Nick. looked after themselves and they've got the proper mindset. And it's just, they're more manly than you. They're, they're everything. They're, they're bigger boys. Jason Robinson's going to end you. Yeah, Andy a, Farrell I'd be more worried about it's a problem it's a massive problem yeah 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 let's let, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when we get to it um, on get, get yourself out there play a game and then uh, oh, I'll take an I'm not that guy I'm not that guy once you're there I'm not that guy although you will say yo man yo man yeah yeah well, sevens is fine um, <laughs> on rugby league you want to see the amazing set by the Kaiser Chiefs <laughs> no the PA not, broke midway through it I've Did not watched it? anything yeah. yet. Who's the lead singer of Kaiser Chiefs? Uh, Ricky Wilson. You've probably met him, right? You've probably he, he works on Virgin. Oh, does he really? Yeah. You, so your colleagues? Yeah. So he did a lap of the pitch to keep the crowd entertained. Good lad. Good lad. Yeah, he really, really took it. You know, the show must go on. He always has very good shoes. I'll give him that. He's mm. got a lovely pair of Grenson boots that I kind of oh. cover. Is that right? Mm. Nice. What, what are your views on Kaiser Chiefs, Tim? Uh, I, I've, I remember them when I started in... Radio, they were started as a band, so I I saw them at the when they when no one knew them, and I interviewed them then, and I know them I, I know them now. They came out on the they did some shows on a little UK arena uh, tour we did recently. So, so we had a good guys, the nice nice blokes. So we had a bit of a debate on one of our WhatsApp groups about the Kaiser Chiefs, and I think people are remarkably harsh on um, remarkably harsh on them. Um, the they, only, they do have a lot of songs where uh, it, there where, is a template, isn't there? Passion, which is oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> people have bought it by the people have bought those records by the millions. It they obviously did. works. They did. <laughs> the only criticism I'd, I'd give 
is though all those songs remind me of like do the backup cast of soccer 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 am i'll always <laughs> think of that kind of man do the you know sheephead yeah sheephead like the beta males that go and watch a footy on the weekend you know with the peter storm jackets i'll always think i always peter think of them storm. do you mean stone island no, Peter Storm. Do you mean Peter Storm? No, no, Peter Storm. <laughs> Le- legitimately, Peter, Peter Storm, Storm is as much as a, as much of their get-up as Stone Island. Uh, I, I will yeah. defend Soccer AM it, pure, purely for the the mank sketches that they used to do. They used to be funny, didn't they? Yeah. They, they were very funny. Where they, they, were they would just. Um, there was one where John Stone signed for Man City, and they had a load of the like their fake manks outside the Etihad, uh, and they went. Uh, so, well, what do you think of the signing of John Stones? I'm like, what? Don't like him. He's not not any good. Don't rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. Well, whatever. They they said that, and then they went, um, but but don't you think he's a good defender? Oh, he's rubbish. Don't don't rate him. Don't rate him. Not not bothered. And then they go, but he, he got a cagoule, and they go, you what? <laughs> Does he uh, zip it up to the top? Yeah. Oh, and then they start doing the bez dance. <laughs> John Stones, what a lad! Basically, I so many sketches like that. Very. Funny. That, that's that, that's how Phil used to behave when he got drunk when I first met him. <laughs> all right, all right, JB. All right, JB. How's it going, mate? All right. Was it not right, our kid? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the only the saddest thing about Soccer AM is occasionally you turn it turn it on. I don't know if it's still going, but last time I turned it on. And it's still the same people doing the same routines, and they're fifty-five. <laughs> Although, can I? I'm just whilst I'm whilst I'm on it, there are some things which are simultaneously very twee and very risky at the same time. So if you think about it, um, an attractive woman on TV, no one really cares now. You know, we live in a world of all access, everything at any time, just like just on your phone. But on the other hand, the idea of having a woman on TV. To unveil a sexy football top is yeah, completely just, off. It's completely they, off the they, table. They haven't done that for a long time. Uh, what, what, <laughs> the soccerette. The soccerette. They, they've not done the soccerette, the soccerette for a was long bl- time. Like it was, it was simultaneously stupid. I, you couldn't. It's too tweet and too offensive. Simultaneously too tweet and too offensive. Now you just couldn't do it. Wouldn't touch that now. You would not no. say. Should, maybe you should bring, maybe the rugby. No, God, not the rugby. app would be. We'd be in so much trouble. <laughs> no. Right. Games next weekend, Phil. What are we looking at? We have got... I did have them up. Uh, oh, no. I, um, While you're getting them up, uh, just one thing I forgot to say from the sale London Irish game. Um, Chandler Cunningham South. Bing. Unit. Yes. Oh, is it? Great set of quads on him. Yeah. We uh, didn't have Henry Arundel's quads on the pitch, but we did have his quads eventually when he came on. Yes. Good lad. He looks like a handy player. Yeah, he'll be interesting. Because he's Kiwi, isn't he? Yeah. But he played England under-20s. Ah, okay. So interesting. Yeah. Um, right, next week's fixtures. We have got on Friday night, Friday the twenty-first. We have got London Irish versus Gloucester. Ooh, that's that could be right. a fun game. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. I. Uh, hmm. I'm tempted to go just Gloucester sneak in that one. Gloucester, hundred percent. Irish at home, I could see winning that though. Yeah, and Gloucester. I'm going to go Irish. So Gloucester often score well early in the game, and Irish often score well late in the game. Oh yeah. So I think this will be. So here's one for you, JB. At half time, put a massive bet on London Irish. So Gloucester will be three tries up <sighs> at half time, and then these, lump on London Irish. These two teams, I believe, are sort of carbon copies of each other, except for Gloucester have got the stones to back it up deep, deep into a. The late minutes of the game, so Gloucester. 
But mm. I definitely, I definitely feel you with the Backland Irish late mm. when they're losing. Yeah, thirty point swing. Yes, exactly. Mm. I'm going I'm to go London Irish. I'm, I'm gonna, I might go Irish sneaky that one. But I so this yeah. this week is because. Um, Oh no, because wasps there. Oh god, so you're gonna have two cancelled games. Yeah, sorry. So that's on Friday. On Saturday, we've got Bath hosting Northampton. <laughs> Bath, could, Bath getting <laughs> off the mark. I think I, Bath are gonna I'm get the first one. I'm gonna give Bath off the mark. Come on, Bath. Oh, it hurts me. Don't let us down. It hurts me. Um, Bath. I, yeah, give me Bath. Uh, then the cancel. One of the cancelled fixtures this week is Bristol host. Worcester, so Bristol have a bye week. Then we have Exeter host Saracens. Repeat, yes, repeat the final from That's about three great, years ago. Here we go. Exeter have had a rest this week. They will be hundred percent focused. Big on boy it. rugby. And yes. uh, as was pointed out, I'm just trying to find uh, who emailed us, but they put it perfectly when they said if Saracens are as passive in their wide channels uh, as they were this weekend, mm. uh, Henry Harmon said it. Then Exeter will have a field day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they will. Absolutely. Yeah, if they get the big Ian Witten running in that outside channel. Well, Christ, Christ our Saviour and Lord out wide. Uh, Harry Harman yes. also said, uh, he's, a, he's a Saracens fan, he said, I've just back from the Stonex, having seen the mighty Saracens bumble their way back to the top of the table. And an important update, Bath are not shit. Repeat, <laughs> Bath are not shit. They just don't win. I mean, we, yeah. I know Bath are not shit. I think they would do very well at level five. Okay, <laughs> So I know, then, I know that they're not bad. But they're just not good. They just find a way to lose. This might be, they might break their duck. This I week. could coach Bath. I, I'd get put, Bath winning in no time. Put my money on Bath. Um, uh, Exeter, though. Exeter against Saracens. Who's going to win? At Sandy Park. At Sandy Park. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't know. So Owen Farrell uh, has played every game. Has he? Mm. He didn't play the first one. Uh, well, he's played the last. He's played. Yeah, but he's got to have some rest weeks. So I'm thinking. So he hasn't played every game. So, well, no, he's missed the first one. He's he played everyone. Yeah. But like, these England players have got to be rested and I keep expecting when I see the Saracens team announced on a, on a Friday I keep expecting to see Manu Vunapola a, a bunch of England players not there so I'm thinking this will be the weekend where they have to mm. so why? anyway I'm going to go Exeter why was the, there was a reason wasn't there that they could play them they, they, they had to apply they had to give guarantees well they can only play X number of games per do season do you think there is an There's element of Saracen's games. thinking maybe 30 f- mm. more than 60 minutes there's an element of Saracen's thinking which is like let's just get get the points on the board get the points on the board and then we'll work it out like, let's win everything yeah. we can and then send the kids in Prob- probably yeah there probably is an element of that but I, I'm just winning assuming they're going to have well. to change it up a little bit it's still a changed up Saracen's team will still be pretty handy but um, yeah, maybe without a Malins, without a Farrell. Yeah, without. They're, well, they're already missing a Vunapola because of uh, yeah. Mako's red. Maybe they have to miss the other Vunapola. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Exeter will sneak this one. I but agree. I'm with looking you. forward to that. Yeah, that would be a nice game. Uh, and then on Sunday we would have uh, Midlands Derby, Leicester Tigers hosting Wasps. Oh. So we've only got Sale hosting Quinns, which that should be an interesting game as well. Yeah, go and watch this game because if you want to see really talented, skillful rugby players carving it up 
and then getting absolutely manhandled. <laughs> the AJ Bell is the place for you. If you, yeah. want, if you want to see a precociously talented fly half schooling Marcus Smith. Yeah, <laughs> go on, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see, yeah, we can go on. We, we, we can do this for days. <laughs> days. By the way, Rafi looked good on his... Um, he did look Broughton good. Parks, Rafi Quirk looked very good. I w- see, I thought they, they should have left him on the bench. I was wrong. He's just really He's good. just great. He really Absolutely. is good, isn't he? I, he really, really I is think, good. I think my... my starting scrum halves for England would be in either order really Mitchell and Rafi with Van Portfleet as my third option I would go I, 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 I like quite, that balance I quite strongly feel like that at the moment JVP starting Rafi off the bench Mitchell's cool as Mitchell's well. been playing brilliantly Rafi's pass is it's awesome. unreal isn't it it's rapid it's, yeah. his service is great he's really really good yeah it's um, he's got some pace behind that pass so yeah those three no one else gets a look in for me, but of course it will be Ben Young's. Yeah. I remember Rafi Quirk throwing potatoes around uh, Broughton brought Park's um, end of season dinner, or was he getting potatoes thrown at him? I don't know, but it was definitely he's definitely involved. So we're all saying sale. Yes, Broughton Park, Rafi Quirk's sale in the shake-up of rugby. Whenever it comes, just to make one very small point: uh, when the end comes, yes, Quirk, when the end comes or the new system is built. Sack off academies because yes, yes, Raff, well said. Rafi Quirk should have played for Broughton Park. Yeah, well done. Exactly right. Hundred percent right. Sack off all the academies. Anyone that says anyone that uses the word pathway should not be allowed around kids. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, all we hear is about pathways. As soon as you start talking about pathways, you've 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 lost me completely. Go play rugby, and if you're good enough, you will you will make the grade. Yeah, but we don't need pathways. It's just so annoying. In fact, if anything, it excludes people who develop late, and they'll say that they mm. they're looking for late developers, and they have all sorts of things that they say. And and, and you no. and you want to keep the elite level of the game focused and the professionalism, but also have a connection with the community element of the game. Yeah, like I say, I talk about it being Rafi Quirk's Broughton Park. Rafi Quirk hasn't played there since he was fifteen. Do you know, if I was, I, I thought about this the other day, I was driving somewhere, I, I literally was thinking, still like, what would the world look like? I mean, obviously think, people think without you know, a central currency or without or a government or whatnot. I was thinking without academies. And uh, I, you would have to go out and build proper relationships with clubs you know, up, uh, up and down your, your league structure. I'll tell you the one which really winds me up. It's not quite the same thing, but still. You cannot lend players to teams who are too high up. So, like, we have a couple of lads oh, yeah. who are easily good enough to be playing level yeah, three. Yeah, you mentioned say. this before. Yeah. And we can't lend them to them. Mm. So, like, you know, if they phoned us and said, look, uh, so, so, okay, let, let me put a bit more context into this. Back in the day, right, and this is a story that Broughton Park, uh, something which Broughton Park did, they contacted Tok H on a match day saying that our fullback is out, we want yours, send him over. And that was, like, the done thing. You, you, you would just go. So the senior club would call up a junior club and then, where they go well we can't do that now you've got to go through a whole registration system and all sorts so we've got some lads who we think are that good that they could play that level uh, and the challenge so we've basically got this option we just have to lose them we just have to lose them we, we can't keep them and then go, go on loan we've just got to lose them mm. yeah and it's there was a similar story from over in Ireland recently where Sean O'Brien oh. wanted to make oh, his yeah. um, return to playing club rugby but he wanted he wasn't allowed to play for a tier, I don't actually know the tier, but say a tier two or tier three club That's side wrong in Ireland because he's only recently in the last 12 months retired from Phil playing Phil Dolman was playing this weekend. Um, which, 
I mean, think of all the players. Dollars was car- who, in fact, we had an email about it. Dollars was carving yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. But think of all the players who would have loved the opportunity. I know. At tier two or tier three or whatever tier it was. With virus rugby. Yeah, just to be on the pitch with the bloke. I think it's so short-sighted. I can't. Did yeah. we talk about that? Uh, I think we might have mentioned it, but yeah. he, he made his debut for a team. Um, we did. At, at a, what is deemed to be an adequately safe level for him to play against well, players. And, and he well, picked up an injury. We did, he picked, he up, picked injury. up an injury what on his debut. So we, we what did a talk, shock. We did talk about it. Curtis Hunter said, uh, great pod, blah, blah, blah. Just wanted to say I went to watch Sidmouth first team play Wellington first team yesterday for the mighty Sidmouth at 12, Phil Dolman, yes. showing his class when necessary to set up two tries. Dollars. With the collapse of my beloved Wasps, I will now be watching much more local rugby close to me in Devon. Good lad. Yeah, nice one, Curtis. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, any other games? Is that where we're at? That's everything. For the so Prem, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's only four, uh, is it four or five games. It's too few games. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anyway. Right, nice one. Uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers for more content. That's where we're going to head now. Uh, in the meantime, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.